Attention everyone, this is an emergency broadcast. The unpleasant noise you are about to hear coming from your radio is not a mistake. Please do not turn off your radio, but turn up the volume on your receiver as high as it can go so that you can make the sound we broadcast as loud as possible. I should say konnichiwa, and welcome to episode 96 of the Kaiju Cast, a bi-monthly podcast 100% dedicated to Godzilla and all of his rubber-suited foes. My name is Kyle, and welcome to the first episode of November 2013, and we are going to be talking about my recent trip to Japan, but uh, instead of me just saying, first I did this, and then I did this, you can actually go onto the Kaiju Cast Facebook page and watch videos about that stuff, sort of a daily journal. Uh, but we have some questions that we asked Facebook users to to uh, to come up with, and so I'll be answering those questions. And so it doesn't get a little bit boring. We have, of course, Brian Cook and Rachel Cook here. Hey, what's up, everybody? Hey there. And uh, we also have a brand new voice to the Kaiju Cast, someone who's been around my life for a little while, my lovely lady, my girlfriend, <laughs> Lady Kyle. Hello, everybody. Hi. <laughs> Hi. Welcome Yay. to the Kaiju Cast. Thanks. I, yeah. I feel like I shouldn't be welcomed because I've been here. Yeah, for you've so been long. here. This is first time, first time on mic, right? <laughs> yeah. So that that's a that's something. Yeah, I've been talked about and been sitting in the room while you guys did this, but not ever. Yeah. So hi. She's been part of many many Dai Kaiju discussions, but less of the discussion, just of the movie watching bit. So yeah. yeah. Anyway. The reason she's here, uh, aside from being awesome, is that she went to Japan with me, so she'll she'll be able to answer some questions as well. 
Yeah, so uh, I think instead of playing music and doing a normal show, we're just good. This is just going to be the episode. It was actually really cool to hear the uh, the intro because I feel like I haven't listened to the intro in a long time. But uh, but yeah, so here we are, episode ninety six, talking about the Japan. <laughs> uh but before we dive in like what uh how are you guys doing doing good yeah, yeah we're doing real good super jealous that you guys went to japan <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> well that's that good. so much fun to talk to you guys about it though this will be a good one yeah ryan and rachel came over about an hour and a half ago and it's been a lot of discussion and brian says he's been holding back on questions for the <laughs> so we'll have something to talk about it up here but i keep uh, stopping myself from talking i'll be like yeah. okay so there's this thing i'll talk about it later <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah so we've got uh we're just going to go ahead and kick things off with the first question that uh, we got from Jake Dolan, who is uh, actually sort of local to the area. I've, I've seen he was at the uh, Pacific Rim uh, panel that we oh. did at Rose City Comic Con. Excellent. Jake asks, how much kaiju merchandise uh, was there total? Like, was it super common? And is kaiju like a huge part of the culture? Like, is huge and how, say, Harry Potter and those type of things are here? Um, I don't think kaiju is that huge. Kai, kaiju and I'm going to say kaiju and tokusatsu. I'm sort of going to blend the two together. Even though I, I definitely draw a line in tokusatsu between kaiju and sentai stuff. But, um, you know, there's some common writer things. We saw a lot of, uh, common writer, uh, uh, pachinko ads when we were there and there were plenty of subways that had the Ultraman blu-ray set on uh as being advertised while we were there but aside from that you don't really see too much over there and as far as merchandise goes you know we didn't really venture out to regular stores we we totally we went to a lot of toy stores that were the specialty stores i I guess you could say regular stores (laughs) yeah but i mean you didn't see like did you go to any shops without me uh it's not mostly like clothing shops and some, yeah. some other touristy things where I was like, oh, look, a cute thing. And then I would wander off and yeah. you would let me go. I mean, admittedly, from my perspective, I feel like there was a ton of stuff in Japan, but that's because that's what we were looking for. Yeah, yeah. I, I made her go to like a ton of mandarakes and lots of other like little shops. The thing is, like, you don't see a lot of that stuff if you're just kind of out in the real Tokyo world you'd have to actually seek it out and so that's what we ended up doing we went to uh at least four different mandarakes mm-hmm. and then on top of that like we went to the Nakano Broadway mall which everybody says like oh you got to go there but I didn't buy very much there that was like a huge huge not shopping mall isn't isn't a good way to describe it because in America here we have very large buildings that have like rings and where the ring of shops around what would be like the perimeter of the mall and you know everything's facing in some of them are facing out and you'll have separate layers but the Nakano Broadway mall had three floors if not four floors and it's just like shop after shop after shop after shop and then there was shop after shop after shop after shop shop in the center of it too so I mean there's some of it was yeah, they were more like strip mall. I mean, not strip malls. Kind of like strip malls, but also more like um, flea markets, kind of. Yeah. I know in California, there's a lot of indoor flea markets kind of like that. I'd say it was very much like a flea market. Yeah, but each like each thing had its own little stall with its own door and its own signage and stuff like that. Yeah, so a, a shop might be as small as 
eight feet wide and 15 feet deep, mm-hmm. you know, and then it might be a double shop. It might be a triple shop, just depending on what kind of shop it was. Uh, and so the Nakano Broadway mall was very overwhelming, but it had more stuff than just kaiju toys. So you really had to like keep a lookout for that stuff. I went one night by myself, uh, to just kind of scope it out, scout the situation as it were. And, uh, to be honest, there was just, it was too much. There were too many things to look at. After a while, I was like, I don't even care. I just want to (laughs) go get out, like get back out into some fresh air. And, uh, but I did find some stuff. I mean, I found, uh, uh, my friend David up in Seattle. This is the weirdest thing. He, he messaged me and was like, I really want the, uh, Kumi Mizuno figure from M1 from Matongo that comes in a box. And like, you know, I've seen maybe in my collecting, not, not in person, but online, I've seen maybe three or four representations of Kumi Mizuno. As mm-hmm. a, as a figurine yeah. from anything from like a small figurine to a, uh, a model kit, right? Not that many things. I freaking found it. Like <laughs> I was in this one shop and I like they had a, a whole bunch of like M1 marmot style, you know, that sort of like retro looking yeah, yeah. figure. And, uh, they had one with like Godzilla with the train in his mouth. And I was like, Ooh, that looks rad. I really want to get that. Maybe I should. Maybe I shouldn't. And the answer almost uh, always, by the way, is yes, you should get it. <laughs> but, uh, you know, so then I like sort of my eyes start drifting around the shop to see what else they have. And uh, they fall down to the bottom shelf of this thing. And there are two boxed Matongo figures right there. And one of them just happened to be Kumi Mizuno. And it was the only one I saw. I can't believe I stumbled across it. Not only can I believe not believe I stumbled across it, we went back the next day or two days later. I think it was the next day. Yeah. And I was like, at night. we walked in there and I was like, oh, there's no way I'm going to be able to find this thing. I have no idea where it went. I essentially made a beeline for it. Just like psychokinetically just went and found it. And I was you like, did. this it is incredible. it. I was like, how did I do that? <laughs> like, that's awesome. My toy dar. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> it w- yeah. So I got, I picked that up for him. But, you know, aside from that, like, the Nakano Broadway Mall Mandarake has, I guess, realized that that they're a popular place for tourists to go, and so they've jacked up their prices a lot. Uh-huh. So the same thing I saw in Nakano, I would see in Shibuya for significantly less money. But anyway, so Jake's question about like was there a lot of kaiju merchandise in total? I'm gonna say no. Yeah, you really like had that. to search. You really had to search for it, or like know where you were going. Um, or be a freak like me and just find it in places where we didn't think it was. Yeah, be. yeah, we were in this mall. This was the one this in was more like a shopping mall. It was in yeah. Odaiba. We were there for this place called the Tokyo Trick Art Museum, which was really amazing. Uh, but you know, we're just in this big w- ring of shops essentially, and they had a shop that had a lot of small kitschy things, and I wasn't even really paying attention to it. I think I, I think I was even like, you go, you have fun in there. I'm yeah, just going to hang did. out out here. You were hanging outside by the, um, the little kitty picture thing where you stick your head in and then you're the little tiny kitties and like schoolboy uniforms. Yeah. <laughs> which yeah. we did. Did we both do it? No, too? you did it. Oh, I got okay. a picture of you in one, but <laughs> yeah, they, I was excited. But uh, yeah, I, I went in there cause I saw, I was like, Oh, look, Hello Kitty. And, and I had had made a giant list of gifts for friends. So I kept going into little stores like that, hoping to find stuff. And in one weird back corner that was like a dark, dusty back corner, I saw this giant, like, 
It wasn't giant, giant but like the size of a fist. Larger than a standard vinyl. Yeah, it was head. a floating head of Dada from Ultraman. And I was like, wow. what? What is that there? And, and so I walked back and looked at it, and it was just like a 3D stuffed, almost like a stuffed animal's yeah, head had been ripped like off. kind of like a plush Dada On like head. a keychain yeah. with an ID window in the back. And there were tons of those things like that, not Dada heads everywhere, but there's things like that, that we saw in Japan. And I looked behind it and there ended up being a bunch more figures on the wall. And I was like, oh, crap. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I ran back to go grab Kyle and I was like, you have there's a bunch of Ultraman stuff back here. I don't know everything, what all it is, but you should yeah. come and look. There were so. a bunch of Ultra figures. They had been um, mercilessly tacked to a board the like their feet, feet. Oh, no. thumbtacks went right through their no. feet yeah. just to keep them up. Right. And then. But I found this, uh, you're going to hear the crinkling of this. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it really, really sells it for you. With these are um, these are Bullmark. I think Ooh. Bullmark reproductions from I- Iwakura. So the regular Bullmarks will be like. Oh, I'm yeah, we guessing. have a bunch of these. Yeah, yeah. Ryan I, and I have a bunch of those. Yeah. I had one, one a long time ago, but. Yeah, everybody knows this Jet Jaguar because he's on the yeah. top. Yeah. Bimler. Yeah. Oh, I didn't notice Bevler. I love Bevler. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> basically this uh this Yango shop had those ones. individually for like 2 bucks each or Dude, something I think like it's that. Like awesome. 2 to 5, I can't yeah, remember. Yeah, exactly I think but they had this pack for 25 bucks and I was like, well, wow, that just seems like my first kaiju toy, you know, yeah. toy store purchase, so mm-hmm. I picked well, them great. up. I'm so sad exactly I didn't sure. get that Dada head. Yeah. Really, like yeah. the more yeah. we went on the on the trip, I was like, I should have got that Dada head. Yeah, it's Megalon. Gorosaurus, uh, Baragon, Jet Jaguar. At some point, you might actually open the bag. I might. I might. <laughs> you never you know. Hachi might want me to open the bag. I think He's he doesn't think he But yeah, you know, so there's not a ton of kaiju stuff. You just have to kind of be on the lookout for it and find it. Um, but that's, uh, and I definitely would say it's not as big as something like Harry Potter. What I will say, Jake, is that Ultraman right now is very, very present in the toy stores you go to. And like I said, there were Ultraman ads in the, in the subway, the train system for the Blu-ray set. And McDonald's. And yeah, McDonald's right now has. I think it started the uh, first. It started November? November 1st. Yeah. yeah. They have happy meals or happy sets. Happy sets. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> happy sets. <laughs> nice. Uh, with Ultraman toys in them. So that's yeah, awesome. one of those guys too. Uh, so that, that's Jake's question. It was. It was fun. I mean, I had a ton of fun, like going to the toy stores and looking for that stuff. But you know, we went to, uh, I you know, online did some research and I had a list of things, places to go, places to hit. You know, clearly, Mandarake has, uh, I want to say there were at least five shops in Tokyo that I've talked about going to. There are at least four, if not five. Yeah. And then there's, you know, we went to Osaka as well. Osaka was was a little bit different because there was a concentration of like oh, nerdy shops yeah. called Denden Town. Uh, so the same kind of thing, but instead of being in one building like Nakano Broadway is, mm-hmm. it's exploded out onto the street. And so it's just like a big street where there's just like shops and shops and shops. And uh, that was that was actually a very pleasant surprise. I, I wish that I had had cash on me that day because yeah. I would have made purchases in at least three or more shops and because we've been there longer i think we would have gone back more because i even like yeah yeah for that sure. area because of the way that it was spread out i really enjoyed it because you could kind of like go in and i mean it was still kind of like hot and muggy and then that day it was raining it too. was raining yeah so we kind of went in and out of stuff a lot but it was less confining almost than going to something like knocking out broadway oh yeah so absolutely yeah. 
Yeah, and uh, we should say that the the weather while we were over there, we were bookended by rain, yeah. and because of I guess the the latitude of Japan, it's when it rains, it's muggy. So it's, it's so not gross. like I love being back <laughs> here in Portland because it's raining, and I'm like. It's nice and crisp and cool out. It's just <laughs> there's some water falling from the sky. Yeah. But in Tokyo and in Osaka, it was like, yeah. this is not good. <laughs> it was uh, it was fun, though. And and Osaka, one thing I wanted to say about the uh, Denden town area is those shops were big, like where Nakano Broadway was a tiny, like I said, eight foot by 15 foot, you know, area in Denden town. A lot of these shops were, you know, two levels or sometimes three levels tall like there was a shop called hero gangu i think it was called was that the one with the big uh that was the one that had the common rider outside yeah and like basically they had a whole bunch of new stuff downstairs and then i used my little japanese to say which means i don't understand japanese uh and i was like Kaiju? <laughs> I think I heard this exact conversation and like, a lot. <laughs> and so I sort of like pointed in a circle, like, is there, am I missing Kaiju around me? And then he said, like, he's like, oh, upstairs. And so yeah. I went upstairs and I was like, what? They had so much stuff up there. It was really cool. There's a picture of me on, oh, actually, I don't know if I put that up there. Which one? There's a picture, uh, when we were in Hirogangu, they had a glass case with a gigantic, Godzilla, like a bull mark or... Uh, I don't know if you put that up. Yeah. Uh, I got to look through my pictures to see if there's anything left. But yeah, it was huge, this massive Godzilla. I mean, seriously, from the desk, it was at least this tall. Wow. And they had it in a glass case that was raised up see, off the ground. It was like four yeah. feet. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Five. terrible at measurements. Some, somebody asked me, like, oh, how how big was this or how small? And I was like, I don't know. This, this big? 50 <laughs> feet? <motion>. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's move on to the next question. I was going to add one last thing. Oh, go for it. Yeah. Uh, so while I would agree with your statement, and again, the trip was very biased towards kaiju shopping. Right. Um, and uh, apparently I have weird kaiju radar now that I've spent so much time with you. Uh, yes. <laughs> but even when we... I know, I've been... Ruined is not the right word for this audience. I'm sorry. Enhanced. Enhanced. <laughs> Enhanced. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but even when we were in Kyoto, we found stuff. And again, admittedly, it was Ultraman stuff, but the cell phone charms, a go go yeah, in yeah, that yeah. one shop. Mm-hmm. So I think almost everywhere we went, even if we weren't trying to look for it, we could find something. Yeah. It just wasn't, you know, obviously like Hello Kitty everywhere you know yeah. stuff like that a lot of sanrio and things like that are certainly more prevalent but it's not hard to find no so not hard to find I, but i mean i would imagine anybody listening to the show if they go to japan they're actually going and they've got kaiju in the forefront of their yeah. mind so they're probably i would first off i would never suggest anybody just go to japan without having a plan like definitely <laughs> definitely have a list of things you want to do when you go to japan um and actually, this the question that we've just been answering also answers Jeffrey uh, Jeffrey's question. He's asking, uh, what kind of kaiju does the culture seem to gravitate towards? Such as, is there more Ultraman stuff than Godzilla stuff? And yes, yes. but again, I think I really think a lot of that is because it's Ultraman's fiftieth, or not Ultraman's fiftieth, but Subaraya's fiftieth anniversary mm-hmm. this year. So there's a lot of stuff out there. We we I found things that I had never seen before. 
that were just kind of like, oh, surprise, we've got these awesome, you know, Ultraman items that like, like uh, those crazy uh, cartoony ones that we were talking about before. Oh, yeah. yeah. They're little figures. They're little and big ones. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and that in when we were in the Odaiba Mall, which was still like a completely freak occurrence that we even went into that mall. But when we were upstairs, we walked through one of the crazy, like super loud, super bright Japanese arcades. And coming around the corner, there was one of those um, those, like coin operated little figures that kids can ride. And it was this weirdly distorted Ultraman, like in a dolphin pose. Yeah, he looked like this guy here, But he was bent like Ultraman Yeah, and it had a giant like Subaraya plaque and it looked really old. Like it was messed up. Yeah. And I was like, do you want to get on that and I'll take your picture? (laughs) And I was like, no. I'm going to break (laughs) Break that. And And I was like, I would get on. Let's not get on that. But I think you took a picture of it. Yeah, no. Yeah, I took a picture for sure. No amount of like. 40-year-old fiberglass is going to hold this frame. <laughs> I totally thought you were talking about yourself for a minute. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> like, you're not made of fiber. Oh, right. sorry. Uh, let's see. Uh, yeah, so there there were more more Ultraman items. And I really do feel that that was because it's the 50th anniversary of Subaraya. There were definitely new items, like and, brand new items. And Ultraman is still going. It's still an yeah. active TV show and movie yeah. franchise, whereas Godzilla has yeah. been... We did see fair, a fair amount of Ultraman Ginga stuff as we were there. Mm-hmm, a lot. Nice. Yeah, because I think I kept pointing it out going, is this Ultraman stuff? And he was like, that's a new one. I don't want that one. I'm like, it's oh. essentially, even more so, I've heard people say that it's it's more of a toy commercial than previous yeah. Ultraman shows. So, Not that's like pretty, that's something that you know I should discriminate against. Pokemon but, style. Is it feels like yeah. uh, the newest stuff that I've seen, at least clips of, I've never, I don't think I've sat and watched an entire episode, but hmm. um, it is, yeah, it is different than the original stuff for sure. His hand pose is different now too, which was weird. Yeah, you, they, you they had all a conflict have... with somebody, not not the real one, but <laughs> you did. The, we were talking about Ultraman with somebody. Was that the your coworker guys? And you did the thing, and he did this one. He did the the like half up the arm pose, and you did the. No, no, I did so, the half up the arm pose. Oh, he did. He did the oh, one, he yeah. did the other one. Yeah, whichever you did the the right one. I did. I did the original Ultraman. Yeah, yeah. And, and he was, said something like, "Oh, it's Ultra Seven or Zoffy or something like that." Yeah. And I was like, "Well, I was doing the original, you know." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, let's see. Allison asks, "Why don't I live in Japan?" Then she asks if I was born there. <laughs> why, <laughs> why, why, why don't we live in Japan? Why don't I live in Japan? Uh, well, we've had this. The lady and I have had this discussion before. Uh, I would totally live in Japan. Um, and I, th- I believe there's another question down that is asking if I could stay there to live. Would I? Uh, yes, I would. I don't know if I would want to have permanent residency there. Like, I don't know if, if J- I do like America. You know, I love, I love things about America. I have a ton of friends now. So that's not, you know, that's actually, you guys are holding me back. <laughs> but, uh, you know, if, if my job had a three year stint where I could go over to Japan, Hell yeah, I would do that, you know, Uh, because I've got this massive room here and that's another thing, you know, I've got a mass, sorry, I don't have a massive house. I have a house and the house is this room is massive. Something, yeah, yeah, the room is massive inside the house. Uh, Something would have to happen with all my stuff, you know, I don't think that I would want to see this stuff go away permanently. So, yeah, could not take this or the horror of trying to ship it. Right, and right, like, right. <laughs> you biting your nails for two weeks, yeah, like where yeah. is all my stuff? Yeah, but uh, you know, if uh, if there was like a three year stint kind of thing that you know, we found out it's surprisingly affordable 
to live in Japan, we talked to a couple different people that we knew not owning a car. We would not. <laughs> that is a mess and is really expensive. But um, living costs in terms of um, housing and food. Food was super cheap. We were really surprised about how cheap it was. Um, and, and we really liked a lot of it, I think, as long as we got better with the language, which didn't cause a lot of issues, but some we did. I think Ego ga Wakariwasuka was the thing we said the most. And people were like, oh, I speak a little English. And then and then would launch into a whole conversation with us. Yeah, we're like, yeah. a little English? Guy. <laughs> we're, such yeah. like, we're, we're Americans and we don't yeah. speak your language. I'm so sorry. You can speak almost fluently to me and I am. Your here. little English is way more than my little Japanese. Yeah. So. Yeah. But it was, uh, I, d- I totally would live over there. Yeah. Definitely was not born there. I lived there. I lived in Tokyo when I was 13. And just to give you a, a nutshell of a backstory there, my dad worked for IBM and they moved us over there with the intention of us staying for three years. And then once we were over there, IBM said, you know, it's really expensive to have all these gaijin around. Let's move them to Hong Kong instead. And so we finished out our three-year stint in Hong Kong. What, when was that? 1987. Ah. Yeah, not during a Godzilla movie. What a bummer. It was a bummer. <laughs> Although uh, a lot of people heard me say this before, Godzilla 1985 was on TV when I was there, like on the American channel, like 1985, not Godzilla Returns. And that's one of the reasons that I am so infatuated with Godzilla is because I got to watch that over and over and over again. And it was it was nice. Like, I really liked it. There was a little bit of Godzilla merchandise. There's way more Godzilla merchandise now than I saw when I was there in 1987. (laughs) But yeah, I would totally go back. I mean... I'd definitely go back to visit. I would definitely go back to live if it wasn't, you know, a permanent thing. I don't, I really don't think I would. You missed a lot of stuff about America too. I mean, admittedly, the dog, obviously. Yeah. We missed our puppy. But I think the hardest thing for you was, um, was breakfast. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm a huge breakfast guy. Yeah. I love. I taught him breakfast. how to say breakfast in Japanese before we went. Do you remember how to say it? Mm, you don't know. Asagohan. Asagohan. Yeah. Asagohan. Um, but their breakfast is very different to ours. And, um, Mankyle is, I keep saying Mankyle as if you guys know him by that name. <laughs> Kyle, I'm, I'm the weird one now. Uh, Kyle is very egg centric for breakfast. And that is not a thing the Japanese do. So nope. it was very difficult for him, especially in our, our little hotel. They had a really inexpensive, it was like what, 350 or something? Yeah. For breakfast in the morning. And you could eat as much soup and toast as you wanted and drink as much coffee or tea as you wanted for that cost, which is, really super reasonable and very exciting for me because I was like, oh, this is delicious. I'm not a huge breakfast person. Look at all these different soups every day. And I got very happy. But he was stuck eating toast and marmalade and coffee every morning pretty much. So we had to... I ventured out. I'm not not afraid to say it or ashamed to say it. I ventured out to McDonald's. We did. He got McDonald's breakfast if he had eggs for breakfast. So basically we get one of their little egg McMuffin. Yeah egg mcgriddle things and just toss out the meat and they you don't know, eat the eat the non-meat bits or i ate it you know i'm 40 years old i don't I, my my vegetarianism isn't about animal rights or religion so it's a it's a health issue and so i feel like i can take a little tiny bit of a break from that don't give me any guff vegetarians and meat eaters alike <laughs> Technically, you were really just like... I'm mostly, an adult. I do what I want. <laughs> <laughs> mostly a pescatarian when you were over there. I think you didn't certainly didn't go out of your way to eat anything that wasn't fish. Sushi. But fish. 
Oh that's yeah, what yeah, I just sorry, yeah. <laughs> my bad. I was but, I yeah. totally thought you were gonna say I didn't go out of my way to eat fish, but yeah, no, I didn't go out. Of, I actually didn't really go out of my way to eat anything meat like, except you know we did go to sushi. And somebody asked about what's future sushi. Oh, we will. So, do you want to yeah, get to that now, yeah. or do you want to wait? Yeah, no, I think we can get to that now. Okay. I mean, I'm kind of done talking about why don't I live in Japan? Sushi. Yes, future sushi, sushi from the future. We, uh, <laughs> so. Uh, we went to Shibuya on Sunday. We actually went to Harajuku and then down to Shibuya. And unfortunately, the uh, the greasers and the cosplayers, the Lolita folk, were not out on Sunday when we went there. Which that was so sad. It was a bummer. Apparently, the police have been cracking down. I don't know why. It doesn't make any sense to me, but that's what I read on I the, think it just on the was internet. Ca- it was, yeah, it was bringing a lot of crowds and people were kind of not able to just enjoy the park is what I read on one of the oh. the blogs that we read. But Well, that's lame because it, it prevented us from enjoying Harajuku. All the awesome yeah. dancing greasers with giant like four foot pompadours. Yeah. <laughs> I'm really so, sad I didn't get to see them. <laughs> yeah. So we went, we essentially walked down to Shibuya, which is not very far away from Harajuku. And as we're walking down, it was sort of like, oh, we're here. We're like in in Shibuya. So I was like, there's one place I want to go here. I want to go to Mandarake in Shibuya. And I know I've seen it before, but we had like a little Google. Oh, okay. So here's something we could talk about. I'm going to make a video that's sort of like tips and tricks for going to Japan. Like here are some suggestions you might want to be interested in. Yeah. Um, and one of those things, uh, if you're meeting with people there, if you're actually meeting up with Japanese folk, like friends who live in Japan, it's very uh, easy to rent a phone and it sounds weird to us over here but you rent a phone japanese phone and it has a japanese phone number and it's very easy to call them and you know it's, this is makes like an it, old makes school it, yeah. flip phone yeah it makes it thing. simple easy to communicate at a at a moment's notice but what my cousin did and he suggested to me and i'm really glad i took his suggestion is to rent a mobile wi-fi hotspot which is a little device about you know four inches by three inches or something like that probably it's that's like probably way too big actually but, yeah like the, smaller than an ipod yeah or yeah, yeah, yeah like i don't a, know what like gen that was the nano? Sort of, was it the nano or oh, something a little bit bigger than like two of the clippy shuffle. nanos Whatever yeah. they're called. It's, a, <laughs> it's, it's about that yeah. size, though. Yeah. And essentially, that gets that gets on, on the internet and creates a little Wi-Fi... Uh, hot spot. Hot spot. Hot spot. Hot spot. It creates a little Wi-Fi broadcast, and you connect to it with your smartphone or your tablet. And, oh, my God, that thing was amazing. It was because a Because we have smartphones that are on airplane mode, so we don't use them to accidentally receive phone calls or texts or something from America. But what ended up happening with us is we would use that and Google Maps to to plot where we were going and say, okay, so this is where we want to go. So in the morning, I'd set it all up. And then I'd say, how do I get there? And it would show me the exact route using public transportation. It was nice. freaking amazing. Yeah. And it would tell you how many stops there were. And what I didn't even realize until uh, until about halfway through the trip is that it actually told you what time the train was that you needed to catch as well. Yeah. Wow. Which was like seriously fantastic. Yeah. I wish I had realized In that Japan, beforehand. that's very important because yeah. I use the same, the Google Maps system here in Portland because I don't drive and it says the time and it's never right. But I think part of that is because TriMet is super flaky with their timelines. And in Japan... I think that they're required to commit seppuku or something if they're not there within like a minute of when the train time is supposed to be because they are always there. Yeah. And if you are like 30 seconds to a minute later than when it said, you miss your train. 
Yeah. So, so, so it was really important. awesome for us to have this tool at our, at our disposal. And I would highly suggest anybody going to Japan to, to do that unless they have been a million times. They already know what they're doing. Uh, where, where do you rent that from? Like, is there like a store at the airport that you grab it apparently at? Apparently there is a store, that? but we, I did everything ahead of time because yeah, I don't like, a lot of I don't like going someplace and not having an exact, I'm very anal retentive when it comes to plans. I did all the planning on this. We want to go to these sites. It we want to go to these shops <laughs> on these days. We're doing this here. Are the people we're going to see <laughs> have a big spreadsheet full of these things, but uh, you can go to rent a phone.com, but phone is spelled F O N E. I think it was Rendaphone Japan. I don't know. No, I think we'll, it's we'll actually it, just Rendaphone. But yeah, we'll I'm gonna make a. I'm yeah. gonna make a video of tips and tricks, and I'm also gonna make a um a website posting that describes where we went for for a whole bunch of stuff. Uh, but basically, you know, you rent this thing, and it, and it tells you how to get there, and then you follow the instructions and you go. It's it only caused a couple of problems, one of which was in Shibuya. I was trying to find Mandarake. And unfortunately, Google Maps had the wrong location marked. And so when I looked at the street, I went to where it said it was, and I'm looking at the building, and I'm like, well, I've seen pictures of Mandarake before in Shibuya, and I know this isn't it. Like, I know it. Mm -hmm. And I've seen it in person as well, because last time I was in Japan, we left a bar in Shibuya and started walking to go get a cab. And I'm like, oh, crap, there's Mandarake. They're closed now. I need to go. But... uh so I knew what the outside of the building looked like. So I was like, well, I know it's around here because we actually found the same bar like as yeah, we were walking the, around. the half an hour of wandering we did trying yeah. to find it, we I was like, that's that bar from last night. Yeah. We were like, oh, what? Yeah. So I knew it was close, but I started getting really frustrated. So I actually uh, told Lady Kyle, she wanted to go to the Starbucks that's, that's above the Shibuya crossing where mm-hmm. everybody crosses. Uh, she wanted to sit up there and... Yeah, I I was reading. Yeah, I read a a blog post that said like if you're really overwhelmed by crowds, don't just go and cross at Shibuya Crossing because there are so many people you'll get really overwhelmed and it's not a good idea. So if you want to watch it or just see it, go to the Starbucks there and then there's a second floor with a bunch of windows and you can actually just sit there and enjoy a coffee and watch it. So I was like, oh, that's a good idea. That's a good time wasting thing. I'll just you know play Candy Crush and sit here or something and then let you go to. So I dropped, yeah, so I dropped her off and then I found it. But in the meantime, because we're talking about, this is a, this is a story about future sushi, <laughs> long winded <laughs> story about future sushi. So uh, in the meantime, what I didn't realize is that she couldn't get on their Wi-Fi. So I essentially abandoned my girlfriend at the Starbucks in Shibuya <laughs> to go toy shopping. Uh, He's such a jerk. Yeah, but I, I mean, I felt horrible when I found out about it when I when I got back to you. But we, and you were a little freaked out, so yeah. The the short tip I will will give you if you don't get that hotspot thing, which again we can go into in the video if I'm helping you with that. I don't know, but um, is that a lot of places say they have Wi-Fi, but you have to like sign up for it in advance or something. Like there's a lot of different places where you have to like go to a website first and sign up and then you can come back and use it at a place later. Like hmm. it said Starbucks Wi-Fi and I was like, oh, sweet. And I went to it and then it was like, log in. Or it's all in Japanese. Yeah. And Completely I was, in Japanese. But even that one yeah. had an English thing and I was like, oh, great. I'll lo- I don't have a username and password for this. What am I supposed to do? And so I just had to sit there and like stare at people and watch this lady sleep next to me. Oh, nice. That's very nice. Anyway, so I got back to Starbucks and she was a little frazzled. So at one point when we were wandering around Shibuya, we saw what we thought was a normal uh, sushi go round place, yeah, you know. Conveyor belt sushi. And so 
I was like, well, let's, let's just go. I know it's either down this street or that street. And so we found it and we walk in and it was called Genki Sushi. That's the name of the chain. And it turns out that it is actually this amazing place from the future, <laughs> like Jetson's style future that's been transported back in time to when we live. And if you think about it, like, you know, sushi has clearly been around for a long time in Japan. It's been only been around here since like the 80s, you know, yeah, so it's much. still pretty new to, to America. So I can totally understand why the Japanese would have this as a thing that they can do. So you sit, you go in, they give you these little cards, which I don't even know if those are really germane to the story, but you know, they, they're like little computer cards that have a number. Yeah, the, I think it's a way for corresponds them to, to wirelessly seat. track your, um, your orders. Cause it, yeah, it had the number on the card and it was like a big digital, like a fat. Yeah. Almost like a, those Nokia brick phones or something. Like yeah. it had a number on it. And you took it to your seat with you. And we were like, what does this do? It just sits there while you eat. And then you bring it to the register at the end. So. Yeah. But instead of there being a conveyor belt that goes around, there's a track. There's like a, a dual layer track. Like so, you know, an upper decker and a lower decker. So mm-hmm. uh, you sit there and there's a screen in front of you. And you use the touch screen to order sushi. And you get to order everything, your drinks and stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Drinks too. So there's three things at a time. You, you order up three things, you hit order, and then you wait. You wait. (laughs) And then the track that's in front of you, I'm making the noise. It doesn't really do that, but this little, this little car comes out. I wish that it did. (laughs) And has, we both made that noise every time we've done it. And I totally (laughs) think people are thinking, like, it makes a Jetson noise. It does. It's completely like, it makes a very small, like, noise yeah. when it goes by and but this it. little this little automated car comes out and like has your sushi right on the plate and you've got a little blinking light in front of you telling you that your sushi's coming out and then when it stops in front of you it goes and you pick the, the plate and press the button and it goes and like goes back into a floats back away for you that is awesome it was so <laughs> so cool we totally we shot a video of it and unfortunately it was one of the first times i actually used your iphone for that and I had like I muffled the audio with my giant man hands, and so it's not <laughs> awesome. But um, yeah, we went in there, of course, expecting like hands. well, they're just large. I'm a giant. You're a giant, listeners. Um, <laughs> so we went in there. We were like expecting totally normal like sushi go round thing, and we see the thing go by in front of us at one point, and I was like, what is that? <laughs> and so we order our things. Cal got his stuff first because I was like in awe of the majesty of future sushi. Um, but yeah, we got, we got our, all our stuff. The only time you actually see staff is when you get there, if you order a beverage and when you leave. Otherwise, you're just like wow. facing this little screen and the tracks and you get to watch everybody else's stuff to, like go in front of you. Brian's dream restaurant. It's amazing. No human interaction. I know it is the, the best restaurant for people with social anxiety yeah. ever in the world. Was it was great, really man. cool. And, yeah. re- you know, and I, delicious. It was it, like, it was good. Yeah. It was like not super expensive and the quality of the, the sushi was incredible. Absolutely nice. not expensive. Yeah. Our first time we went, I'd say we both ate an average meal of sushi. Yeah. It was like 27 bucks for the two of us. Wow. And I got and a had, beer. Yeah, yeah, we both got beer. We got beer, that day. yeah. Oh, yeah. Nice. Because was I was nice. like, oh, I need a beer. Yeah, we both needed a beer. We did a little But bit. Uh, that's future sushi, and it was it was really fun. If you so, go to so Tokyo, fun that we went yeah, back twice. We did. We went back a second time. <laughs> if you go to Tokyo, uh, I would imagine there are another places too, because Chelsea it's said there's chain. one in Osaka. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's called Genki Sushi. G E N K I Sushi. And the logo is a little uh, yellow frowny, frowny face. face. Yeah. It almost looks like Mr. Yuck. 
but it's yellow. And and don't be fooled because it's actually amazing and it'll make you happy. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, next question that we got was from Jay, who asked if there's any news on the new Godzilla film or what's been happening with Toho. And uh, two people liked that. So I guess that means they want it answered. Um, unfortunately, I did not get to go to Toho. I would like to tell the story, though, of uh, of Toho. So we... You know, we were in Tokyo for a week solid. One of those days was Tokyo Disneyland. One of those days, <laughs> one of those days was the studio. We went to the Studio Ghibli Museum. So those two days were sort of just like out of the out of the picture. Like we weren't we weren't looking to do anything on those two days except those items. So we decided to um uh I I decided about a week before going to Japan to send an email to Toho just out of curiosity saying, you know, hello, my name is Kyle. I have a, I have a program called the Kaiju cast. I actually had uh, lady Kyle's sister help me write it in Japanese. Uh, uh, so your sister and her friend Naoko. Oh yeah. yeah. Naoko was the one who eventually uh, translated. Yeah. So, so I got this, I, I sent off an email in Japanese and it was one of those things where I was like, I'm never going to get an answer to this. <laughs> Yeah. I got an auto respond back said like I'm sorry I'm on vacation until the 22nd. Oh. We left on the 23rd. So I got an email on the 23rd saying uh could you explain a little bit more about what you want to do? And of course, you know, I this is a hobby for for me, but I try and treat the podcast like a professional enterprise, mm-hmm. I guess you could say. So I responded back and I said, you know, I'm uh, very interested in talking to somebody about um, about Godzilla and about kaiju films and tokusatsu and the history of, at at Toho. And his response back to me was like, "Yeah, I think we can do something here. I think we can set up an interview with someone. Uh, can you give me an example of your questions?" So I had to like write some questions real fast and uh, and shoot them back to him. And in the meantime. When we go out and we shoot the Kaiju Cast videos for the Facebook page, you're talking about my iPhone shooting the video. And so when, when my very skilled cinematography with his phone. Exactly. So when the guy like wrote back and said, yes, we think we can do something, I started panicking a little bit. And I was like, I don't want to, you know, present myself with this as this professional media agent. Yeah. And then show up with an iPhone to record. <laughs> yeah. So I got in touch with the guys from Sci-Fi Japan TV. And I was like, hey, you know, when are you guys free? Can we do this? And I did all this coordination work. And everything was lining up. Everything was coming up Millhouse. And it was <laughs> all going to go down on Wednesday. They were going to get me uh, in the same room with the president of Casco. Do you know who that is? They're... Um, I moved them all. The little guys here, not the little high grade guys, but there's like little sort of weird. Do you see the gar- little baby gargantua in there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So those are made by Casco, uh, cast company, I think. And basically the, the president of that has been in, uh, working with Koichi Kawakita in Tokyo on doing like events and stuff where they show Godzilla movies to a small group of people and they'll have like people come in like, Koichi Kawakita will come in and talk about making the movie. And so he's, he's the guy apparently that they use for their supplemental commentaries and stuff like that on their DVDs. And so he said, Oh yeah, this is the person we want you to talk to. I started 
going like, oh, he would be amazing to talk to. And so I got in touch with Jim and JR from Sci-Fi Japan TV. We got it all coordinated. Everything was lined up. And then, um, then I got an email like on Thursday that said, I'm sorry, I can't do this. Thank you. <laughs> oh, what a bummer. Yeah. So I didn't get to go to Toho in any kind of like official way, but I'm absolutely going to try next time I go to, to go in an official seems capacity. Like, seems like they were open to it. It so. does seem like they were open to it. And I will say they don't give public tours, but, um, again, I am, I am presenting myself as a, as a professional because I do, mm. I try my damnedest to make a good quality show. And, uh, and I hope it shows, but the, um, you know, the fact that I did this and they were open to it, that really does say a lot. So yeah. I'm absolutely going to, going to shoot for that again. I actually didn't do that much stuff kaiju cast wise while we were over there. A lot of stuff was just kind of like, eh, we're on vacation, you know? So, yeah. uh, I, I didn't, I didn't stress out about like if somebody was like, oh yeah, I'd love to have lunch with you. And then they weren't able to have lunch with me, which happened a number of times. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and, uh, cause I think that answers that question. Yeah. You went, yeah, yeah. we went to Toho. Oh yeah. Uh, we did go to Toho and yeah. we took photos in front of the Godzilla yeah. statue. And we and... did some videos and stuff there too. I just whistled horribly. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we, uh, yeah, we hugged the giant Godzilla statue and took pictures in front of it, but that was, that was the extent of it. Yeah. And walked down Ultraman Street on the way there. Oh yeah. Ultraman was really cool. Street was amazing. Yeah. yeah. For people that don't know, what does the outside of Toho look like? bunch of white walls mostly there's some big like industrial metal gates that have toho stamped on them which we took some pictures in front of too because they look pretty like menacing and gigantic and then you get when you get to the front of it there's some signs some cool signs. you took a cool picture of one of the signs like a panoramic one right yeah yeah Yeah. there's a basically there if you approach toho from the south i guess you would say uh there's a bunch of signage this is like toho studios with arrows this way if you approach Toho from the south, I just imagined a bunch of Godzilla fans like playing yeah. an invasion. Yeah. <laughs> like a Beatles movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we're going to get in there and we're going to get those suits and we're going to start making our own movies. <laughs> Let's do it, guys. Yeah. Is it Toho where they don't they have a mural of the seven samurai? Yep. Yeah. yeah. And it's yeah. huge. It is like a and giant, it's like beautiful. Lo- looks like maybe a four story building. And it's like the whole wall. Probably 500 feet tall. Because mm-hmm. he's really good with measurement. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, but yeah, I think, yeah, what was the big. name of the Ultraman station? Do you remember? Oh, I can look that up. But if you talk more I'll, about I'll the I'll talk big, more the about it. Intro. So yeah, we went to Ultraman Street. And I actually, in all of my my kaiju education that has occurred in the, year, the years uh, now that we've been together, um, I actually really enjoy Ultraman. I think it's really fun. And I like a lot of kind of weird b-movie vintage grindhouse stuff so i think yeah. it was up my my alley anyway um but he said there was an ultraman street and i was like there's a what now so we <laughs> went and there's a giant statue and um we did some video in front of that and i took a picture of its butt because i'm nice. a weirdo and it was shiny <laughs> i had to comment on that <laughs> you did and, nice uh, butt <laughs> yeah that's a right. nice shiny little red mm-hmm. butt um and then and sometimes his his alarm goes off like when you're just standing oh. the statue. Yeah, there's like oh, a solar panel awesome. between yeah. his legs. So yeah. his, it doesn't yeah. sound, but it Yeah, there was it, no noise, it but it, we were like, does nice. it do anything? And then at one point I'm filming Kyle and it's blinking. I'm like, ah, I wanted to be like, it's going, but I didn't want to interrupt what we were doing. Um, <laughs> and then you walk down the street and there's all these lampposts that there's sort of a visual, I don't know what that's even called now, but 
illusion, I guess, where you're, it just looks like cool architecture from one side, but when you get to the, so you're dead center on front of it, it looks sort of like the peak of his helmet and the oh. street lamps are his eyes. I thought that, that was really cool. There really, and there's cool. some that look like Bolton and some yeah. that look like Ultraman. And then what you, did you even know, know the thing about the portholes in so, them? Last no, time? last time I yeah. went, someone told me about it afterwards and I was like, they what? But basically <laughs> it's a street lamp. So as the street lamp comes down, there's a little hole in like about eye level, a little bit lower for me as about <laughs> Japanese height. Uh, but yeah, and it's got like a, it's basically got like a little glass porthole yeah. where you can see like a scene from Ultraman in there. And they're oh, all different. Yeah, that's awesome. they're all that's, different. And yeah. there were a ton of lamps. Yeah. So I, I actually nice. stopped looking at them all. I was like, at first I was like, I'm going to take a picture of every single one. <laughs> and, then, uh, and then after about 10, I was like, nah, I'm done. So, yeah. <laughs> but it's really cool. It so very cool. This, the station you get off at is Soshi, Soshigaya Okura. The best thing about that station, by the way, is so all the stations in Japan, random sideline tidbit, have a tone when you get there. Um, which is a it's like weird, a chime that it, goes off. Yeah, when they and make they're they're individual to each station. Like I was telling Kyle that when I lived in England, um, each station had a different thing. It would say the name of the station and it would tell you to mind the gap. And the voices were kind of different, but it was there were like five. It pretty much it was the same thing otherwise. Um, but when you go to all the stations in Japan, they all have their own unique little tone and these little pretty chimes. But when you go to Ultraman Street. It plays the Ultraman theme. Oh, yeah. Awesome. And I was, he was like, we have to sit here in the station for a little bit till another train comes so you can hear it. And I'm sitting on the bench like, just waiting for <laughs> yeah. it to happen. It was, it was adorable though, right? Very cool. Really cool. Yeah, yeah, I really liked That's it. Great. Cool, adorable. It's interchangeable when you're <laughs> talking about Japan. But, uh, cool to you, adorable to yeah, me. Yeah. It was, I mean, it's really awesome. I think I actually played that on an episode. I think probably the post episode after I went to Japan the last time is like a little, little tiny tidbit that i recorded but yeah it's really it's really awesome it's a decent walk too i think it was like 15 20 minutes do you think you're gonna map it right now no no No? i'm not gonna map it (laughs) but you get off at the station right so you walk out of the station and right in front of you right when you leave the station is a uh is a uh is a map basically i don't know what the map says exactly but it because it's all in japanese but uh (laughs) it's it's a map and if you hit the map and you start going south right on that street, right on Ultraman Street. It eventually, Ultraman Street kind of ends and you're just walking down a uh, residential, residential area. Yeah. And then the residential area ends and you kind of loop back up around the south, like I was saying, and that's sort of like where Toho is. Because butted up to the back of that that residential area is a giant wall. Yeah. And we were walking by, You, Kyle pointed out to me, he was like, do you see that big wall as we're like in the gaps of the houses? And I was like, oh, yeah, what is that huge wall? I was like, scary compound. Oh, it's Toho. And so yeah. you could kind of follow the wall all the way down. And then when it stops uh-huh. and there's actually like a street gap, you turn and go up to, yeah. to Toho. So, yeah, there's a bunch of signage out. Basically, so you walk up the street and there there's the Godzilla statue, the big one, the sort of like six foot Six. Yeah, it's yeah. actually taller than six feet. It's probably six and a half feet tall. Yeah, because it's taller than me. Oh yeah. yeah. So it's under seven feet. But yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. So about six and a half feet tall Godzilla statue, basically like the like burning Godzilla, or you know, like the ninety the nineties yeah. Godzilla, the Heisei Godzilla, obviously not burning. Uh, bronze Kinda statue. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and at night it's down. on fire. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and he's standing in front of a concrete wall, and his tail looks like it's you know swiped through some of the wall and there's like broken stuff and it's got 
Toho Studios on it. And I think the Toho Studios is a little jacked up, but yeah, so it's got that. And then right behind that are the buildings. Uh, there's a, um, there's a, there was an area, like apparently they opened a gift shop in Toho, but you have to be able to go in in order to go to the gift shop. And they don't sell that much stuff. The gift shop at Katakawa. Dai, you know, what was, used to be Dai yeah, is now yeah. Katakawa. Much better. Much better I'm sure gift we'll shop. we'll get to that at some point because yeah. it's <laughs> incredible. Maybe, maybe we'll have to save that for another episode. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking a lot. I'm sorry. But, uh, yeah, so essentially, like, they had these, these uh, I'm guessing it was like their, uh, commissary or something like that. Yeah. And they had these, um, Toho hard hats in the window. And oh, I was like, oh, man. I would want to go back home with one of those. <laughs> Should I try the eternal struggle in Japan? What would actually happen to me if I <laughs> snuck in here? <laughs> Literally, is what there, would be happening to me if I did this? Is there know? a Toho prison? Because I would stay in that. Yeah, I don't know if that's. A, I don't know how much punishment that would be. It's yeah. mystery science theater style where they send you into space and play Toho movies. Yeah, that's that be awesome. Yeah. And everyone in this room that. is going. Yeah. yeah. It's Toho prison. Geigen comes in and slaps you around with his banana hands. Yay! <laughs> Sounds great. Uh, it was, yeah, it was a lot of fun going down there. Uh, but, you know, Toho, Toho, they're not making Godzilla movies these days. So, unfortunately, I don't have a good answer for what's happening in Toho. But that, that was my story about how we went to Toho this time. Uh, what else do we have here? We answered the future sushi. What was the coolest Godzilla-related thing I saw? Tyler wants to know. Oh, you know what? Actually, he also is asking, did we go down the Godzilla slide? And he says, ha, 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 ha. Um, So let me tell you something about the Godzilla slide. That was definitely on my list of places to go. The Godzilla slide is in Kuriyama Flower World. We mapped it. I was like, yes, we'll get up early. We'll go. And apparently it takes about an hour and a half to get down there from where we were staying. Then that's just to the entrance of Kuriyama Flower World. Then we would have had to hike or walk, I should say. Uh, what looks to be a long amount of time. What did I, did I say? It was like 20 minutes, 20, 30 minutes. I think it was even longer than that. And I think that was the hour some odd was just to the train station. And then we still would have had to get from the train station to the flower park. Yeah. And we weren't sure how that was going to happen. Yeah. There was a, it's in Yokohama essentially, which is just due south of, of Tokyo. And it was, it was just a little too, too sketchy. Not sketchy as in like bad, but like just sort of like we didn't know exactly what to expect. We didn't know it wasn't well documented. And, uh, so we did, I, and plus we were facing that whole thing like that's going to be a long trip. We could do so much more if we don't go down to the Godzilla slide. Yeah. So we opted to not go to the Godzilla slide, unfortunately. I'm going at some point. What I really want to do is I want to get somebody to drive me down there. Yeah. <laughs> that would be, that would be the best. There was the, um, there was one website that said there was a train, like a little tram train. Yeah, that it looks like it's for kids. But buses. The the one bad thing about the Google Maps is they didn't say a lot about the bus system in um anywhere in Japan actually, and there were a lot of buses and they came very frequently yeah so it i think at one point some guy was like oh that's the bus stop they come every three minutes and we're like we must have understood him wrong no (laughs) they really were there like every three minutes yeah so when we say nobody has a car in japan like that's clearly overstating it like there are definitely people with cars in japan but 
in Tokyo, sorry, there nobody, I should say nobody in the car, uh, in Tokyo with a car. That's overstating it, but there definitely are a lot of people that don't have cars in Tokyo. That's interesting. Uh, so coolest related Godzilla thing I saw. That's tough. The statues were awesome. Which ones? The Godzilla statues. Just the, the two? Yeah, the big one and the little one. Well, <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> Godzilla statues. Oh, right, right, right. The big, yeah. The monumental style ah, Godzilla statues okay. were cool. The Ultraman statue was really cool too. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, as far as merchandise goes, jeez, I would All have to it? say, well, in this place we went to in Osaka called Astro Zombies, you know, I'm a big collector of X plus figures. I, by no means do I have the largest X plus collection or will I ever have the largest X plus collection, but, uh, they're fantastic figures with fantastic detail uh and they had a whole bunch if we're talking about merchandise they had a whole bunch of stuff that was not jacked up in price like uh x plus figures sell for about a hundred bucks when they're when they're released uh they had that 67 godzilla that Mm -hmm. i brought back which was released quite a while ago like probably about a year ago some of the guys from the X Plus group could probably tell me when it was released, but that was the same price that it was when it was released. So Astro Zombies did not mark up the price at all. If only nice. now, if they had their X Plus figures on their website, I'm sure those figures would all be gone because the <laughs> yeah. collectors would be buying them. But that was, uh, as far as merchandise goes, that was probably one of the coolest things. Definitely the coolest thing that I did that was Godzilla related was I went to X Plus and I interviewed them for a video that's going to be coming out next week. Whoa, that was good. And another thing I'm going to have to save for another show. Uh, let's get back to some of these questions. Uh, what was the best part? Johnny Snyder wants to know, what was the best part of the trip other than going to Japan? And what was the worst part other than the flights? The flights weren't that bad. No, the flights weren't that bad. We got really super lucky, actually, the the inconvenience, which I think, did you talk about that on the page at all? Of what happened on the way there? Yeah, I think we talked about, yeah, we talked about it in our first diary. Yeah. The short version was there was bad weather. So we had to fly to Seattle and then back to Portland. We didn't even land from Portland to Seattle and Seattle back to Portland. And then we got back and they were like, no one's flying out. And we were kind of freaking out a little bit. I was certainly freaking out more. And Kyle was very stoic and being strong for me. And, (laughs) and then we went to the rock, you guys. (laughs) Big big rock that i love um, so we ended up going to a counter and then uh this these women from was delta no it's united united oh we flew on delta this lady from united totally hooked us up and was amazing and we ended up kind of like booking our butts to the other end of the um air, airport whenever terminal yeah um whatever that thing's called where the planes are um, <laughs> the plane house the plane house <laughs> <laughs> plane garage area um yeah and then we got down there and they were like it's a direct flight to narita and we were like holy monkeys and yeah yeah and then we made it and it was great and that flight was totally fine we had like no issues with that at all um on the way back there was bad turbulence but yeah otherwise the flights were were fine yeah but like what would you say is the worst part about it Oh, the humidity was so gross. I think that's an issue. We, if you don't mind humidity or if you're from a humid place in the world, you will not notice and it will be fine. However, Kyle and I are big, big babies and we do not <laughs> like humidity and it makes us both cranky and... It's why I moved away from the South. Yeah. I mean, the weather was a huge component of, of why I moved away from Georgia. Yeah. It so. wasn't particularly warm any of the time we were there, but 
I don't feel like it. I think the hottest it got was 70 something. Oh yeah. Uh, low 70s. Yeah. And so we were like, oh, this is like idyllic amazing. You know, even with the rain, we're from Oregon, we can handle it. We, I brought like layered clothing and a raincoat and a bunch of other stuff and I did not wear most of it. And most days I was wearing a t-shirt and sweating like crazy. Admittedly, I think that's due to a medication I'm taking, but I was not the only one sweating. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. and we were both like, oh, we're so gross. And we didn't. That was, I think that was honestly the worst part. Cause for the most part, I think I was the most concerned about the language barrier. And I speak Scotia, like very little Japanese. And, um, we did really well. And people, like we said earlier, we'd be like, and all nervous. And people would be really great. I think we only had one or two instances where people were like no yeah. just no yeah <laughs> so and everyone else was really super friendly so yeah i think the the things that i took away from the trip as far as being on the negative side were uh one just the general language barrier that we had so not not only the the you know spoken language but the written language once you you know you're walking around like i don't know what any of that stuff says you know like we go to a restaurant, I'm just going off of pictures. You know, that's what most things have is just pictures. So that's fine. But, uh, you in know, Tokyo, we got lucky. There was, um, a lot of Romanji. So yeah. when they write out Japanese characters phonetically in English writing, it's called Romanji. And we, in Tokyo proper, that was everywhere. Everywhere. Um, we were very, very lucky for that. And even on the trains in, um, Tokyo, the announcement, the train lady would come on and announce in Japanese. And then in English, which we yeah. had no idea that was going to yeah, happen. Yeah. And that was oh, cool. certainly beneficial for us. The doors will open on the left side of the train. Yeah. And yeah. she had, she had a cool, like, like she learned English in England. Oh, so she was a little nice. bit like Japanese sounding yeah. too. It was very cool. That's Asian, cool. an Asian, uh, influenced American, or sorry, English a, an English influenced Japanese accent on like Speaking English was yeah. just awesome. Cool. Super yeah. cool. But yeah, that was, that was awesome, uh, that that happened. But you know, it was just the, as far as like the worst part about it, it was just, just sort of like a general thing that, so seriously, we didn't have any huge problems in Japan no. getting around. But the, I'd say the best thing was, the best part of the trip for me was, uh, definitely the X plus interview. That was, whoa, so amazing. <laughs> so amazing. Uh, you'll have to watch the video for that. Let's see. So that was from Johnny Nicholas Falcon Punch. <laughs> uh, wanted to know if Godzilla is still is rather embraced, or is he just a pop culture icon like I Love Lucy is here in the states? And I would say he's probably more like a pop culture icon like I, I Love Lucy. I think it still depends on the the generation that you live in, because I think like. For for an example, the people we stayed with in Osaka were um, my friends Chelsea and Noki. And um, Chelsea's younger. I mean, she well, she's like 30 now, I think. And Noki is in his 40s. Um, but Noki was born in 1969 in Japan. So he had a lot of He grew reference. up with a lot yeah. of the Tsuburaya shows. And, you know, he knew... He knew who Daimajin was and he knew about Ultraman, yeah. a whole a bunch of yeah, Ultraman he had a lot monsters. Of, so. A lot more experience about it. And when during, he spoke very, very, very little English, about as much English as we spoke Japanese, if yeah. not a little less. Yeah. And, um, his wife, my friend Chelsea, uh, speaks super fluent English to the point that it actually freaked Kyle out a little bit because when she, 
he answered the phone when she called us the first time, he it sounded like he was talking to an American. Like yeah. she has this kind of rus- sounded, rusky little... She's like, oh my God, you guys, I'm so glad you're here. And I was like, <laughs> what is happening? What? Are you sure she's All Japanese? Right, cool. Yes, honey, she is. Um, but during the translation, when we were talking about the toys, I, I say we, I was sitting there watching them talk about the toys and Noki was trying to explain who the characters were to Chelsea in Japanese. And then she was trying to translate back what he was saying to Kyle in English, but she didn't know what she was talking about. So like <laughs> the, had Kyle and Noki been able to talk to each other, they would have been like, Oh my God, man, blah, and totally had a great conversation, but it was weirdly broken up because of the language barrier. It was yeah. still really it was fun, fun to watch. It was yeah. fun. But yeah, that was, uh, yeah, I would say, Oh, you know, another cool thing is like when we would, would go to toy stores, people would see my arm and they oh, would right, be like, right. like one guy in times? Yamashi, yeah, probably about four, five or six times, like, uh, at Yamashi Roya, the, um, <laughs> the dude I was checking out, I was buying my stuff and he goes, Oh, destroyer. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, yes, d- destroyer, gojira. Biorante, Batora, Spisu Gujira, you know, they, they were, they'd a bunch like, of people oh, stopped him cool. and like in toy stores, not just on the street, but stopped him and took pictures of his whole arm too. Yeah. Awesome. Because people were, some people were legitimately really excited about it, which I think yeah. says a lot about what, how much of a lasting opinion, I mean, opinion, lasting <laughs> impact it's had on, yeah, on people I, I definitely, yeah, I definitely think that Godzilla in Japan is, uh, it, well, it's, you know, it's a little more, prevalent than like i love lucy but yeah. still it's it's a pop culture icon and while we here in america that love godzilla we're a very small minority imagine living in japan you know and like godzilla has had an influence over so many years and sure they're not making stuff anymore and sure the last series of movies didn't do so great but you know godzilla is is a pop culture icon there. And even though he may be in retirement, people still know who he is. And, you know, there are older people that grew up with him there. I'm sure there are younger people that know about him. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I, I hope that when they finally decide to bring to bring Godzilla back, if Toho does decide to do that, that, uh, that they'll make him relevant and, and more impressive mm-hmm. to the people, young people and old people alike who, who love the movies. Right. So, uh, moving on, Keith says, oh no, that's actually, you know, the funny thing, this guy, Keith Drury <laughs> says something, I think he's actually asking August a question, which August is not part of the podcast. Uh, <laughs> August doesn't live here, man. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Sorry, Keith. Jamie Jeans asked if there were any parts of Japan that I really wanted to visit and yet was unable to, uh, talked about the slide. Short, short answer. Yeah. Yeah, of course. <laughs> like all the rest of yeah. first, first and foremost, we had a big gigantic list of things that I'd say we at the most did half of those things. I think that's being generous. And I think yeah, I think that is being generous. I'd say probably a third of them we did. Uh so there's a lot of things in Tokyo alone that I would want to do. But even outside of Tokyo, I would love I I really enjoy Japanese culture. One of the things that was really cool was on the bullet train sitting at the window and just watching the Japanese countryside and like seeing Japanese architecture, just that's the kind of thing that, that really clicks with me. I would love to spend a few nights in a Japanese traditional Japanese hotel, a Rokan, you know, and go out outside of the city and like head North, check out the, the northernmost islands, head South, check out the southernmost islands. And you just basically, Really check it out. What was the, um, 
the abandoned city. Oh, Gunkanjima? Yeah, Gunkanjima Battleship Island. Really, that looks cool. They finally opened that up to people. They're doing tours. Yeah. That was a legitimate thing we could have done, but I that would have read, yeah. been a full, full day. It was day. on my list, yeah. yeah, certainly. So there's plenty of places to go. Um, Even when we were in Osaka, the like second day we were there, we were like, we really should have spent more time here. We really enjoyed Osaka. Oh, Osaka was lovely. In fact, yeah. I, I would say, uh, and we talked about this on the trip, but if I was going to move to Japan, like, of course, if I went with work, I would have to live in Tokyo. Mm-hmm. But if I was going to move to Japan and try and live there, Osaka seems more my speed. Like Tokyo is very fast paced, very, uh, what was it? I, I was using the term like glamorous, like it's a lot, a lot of people yeah. seem to be dressed really well. A lot of people seem to be very fashionable. Mm-hmm. You could say Osaka seems more like Portland. You yeah. Know? <laughs> it was, it was certainly more like, I think we were saying blue collar working yeah, class kind right. of people, but there's still where Portland's who not were, very blue collar working no. class necessarily. You get out to like but, Beaverton Hillsborough, maybe yeah. a little more, but it was certainly more like everyday kind of, Joe Schmo, however you say Joe Schmo in Japanese. Uh, <laughs> I'm not even going to try. Uh, but yeah, it seemed certainly more like people were sort of laid back and it was more comfortable for us. And again, it, at, that was at the end of our trip and we didn't have a lot of time there. So I think we might have glamorized it a little more in our heads and hearts. Plus yeah, we were maybe. Really, really lucky to stay with Chelsea and Noki and yeah. have that kind of tour guide element. Yeah. With people who spoke fluent Japanese, which helped us a lot and made us comfortable. But are there, I mean, are there any areas of Japan? Like you're like, oh, I would really like to go visit Fukuoka, for example. Like, I don't know if there's anything that you really for, would want. Well, for me, I certainly wanted to do the Gunkajima Battleship Island. Um, and some more, you know, we did some historical stuff with uh, shrines and things like that. But that part was really... Um, really amazing and beautiful for me. Especially Shrines because, are everywhere. Yeah. yeah. Like, so everywhere. Cool. But then there were some that were way more impressive than others and some that you'd like just, I think we walked a different way around Chelsea Noki's house one day on the way to the train station. Yeah. Shrine. And there's a shrine just right there. Just in the neighborhood. Yeah. And a gorgeous, it was gorgeous really shrine. beautiful. So, so amazing. So like, yeah, it was certainly, I liked a lot of the, the history elements because I was, um, mild, I'll say mildly disappointed at how westernized it really was there and that when we first got into Tokyo, I was like, this could be like a city in America, like from far away. If you're not looking at the fact that the signs are in Japanese, it really looked like any big city. Um, yeah. Up close, it was very different. And then you kind of got the little elements that you could appreciate quite a bit more. But yeah, all all of it would be my answer. Yeah. What, what we haven't seen, I want to see that. And so. we talked about hopping on the bullet train and just basically riding, riding yeah. as yeah. far as it would take you. You know, just just for the experience of traversing the length of Honshu, the main island, I think is what yeah, that is. Yeah, it was very cool. Um, I will say that there was there was something that I thought I would be more interested in, uh, but in the in the end, it wasn't something that I was like really actively interested in finding, and that's locations where they shot Godzilla movies and stuff. This, I really thought that when I was going to go over there, I'd be like. Oh my God, it's the same bridge that he destroyed in the first movie or, yeah. whoa, check it out. That's where Rodan came out, you know, but I just, when, when it came down to it, like that's the kind of thing that got pushed down so far on the priority list that even before we went over there, I knew nah, I don't, I don't need to go out of my way to find the uh the bridge where Ghidra, you know, pushed Godzilla into, or we know right. what I mean? Like yeah, it's yeah, just. Yeah. It's we one did of those. See some stuff, we though. did see some. Yeah. You know, we did. We saw 
we saw the Rainbow Bridge, which got destroyed in GMK. We saw the... It's, uh, it's kind of funny you're mentioning these places. Like, you could be like, oh, remember when this all got destroyed that one time? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You could say that. Yeah. yeah. It's a little like that. And then the, um, the train station in Kyoto, was that That was from a camera movie, though, wasn't that it? That was pretty cool. That's because awesome. you, yeah. you, go to, you go to Kyoto, you show up in that train station. Yeah. So it's kind of like, it was a, it was a nerd moment. I was like, camera and Iris <laughs> crashed through that and it's just like it's a really yeah, yeah, yeah. takes a good photo too you know and so it was just really it was really cool to to see that in person i took pictures of it and i haven't even seen that movie yeah. i was like this is really pretty it's and really he was pretty. like so camera i was like okay we'll just yeah. i'll watch the movie and then i'll understand uh uh caitlin asks does the ramen timer really work we you don't know we haven't made ramen <laughs> we yet. haven't made ramen with it and uh, the, I, I, you know what? <laughs> I just I just threw out the instructions. I should go. I should go save those. They're downstairs. Are they all in Japanese? Uh, they're all in Japanese. But uh, I, we think it works. You can press that. Well, it makes noise. That's really yeah. Put all it up to the microphone. Yeah. Whoa! <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> it is lighting up too for those of you yeah, who are yeah. here with it in your face like I am. So it does really work. That was the thing that was sold out when we went back the next day. Yeah, I hear Balton. Uh, Balton station. <laughs> so it does really work. Yes. Uh, and eventually, it will go off and do the. <laughs> and then her follow-up question was, "Why no Mothra love?" And I, you know, I didn't see that much Mothra there was stuff. Not a lot of there. Mothra. I think the most Mothra stuff I saw was in the in those specialty shops. Yeah, Yamashiroi had some stuff. They had, I think, they had a big flying Mothra and the Rodan on the ceiling again, with like stuff through it hanging up. There was a lot of that, which. Even though I'm not someone who collects any of this, I, I can appreciate it and I know how much you love it. <laughs> Kyle loves it. Um, and seeing some of the and figures. And you, the like, listener. She yeah, knows how much you yeah. guys love it too. All of you <laughs> listening right now. Um, but yeah, seeing the figures like skewered and hung up places, it, like it hurt me in my heart. And I'm not, you know, I think I've just, again, I've got your cooties now and it's just embedded <laughs> And that's just, it's there. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> uh, Mission accomplished. Yes. Allison asked, how are gen- uh, Americans generally perceived by the Japanese? You know, I don't know. Uh, we can't speak to generally. I would we're say not that Japanese. <laughs> I, not once did I have any problems with anybody. And in fact, I see, you know, people were really, really nice to me. Like really, really nice to me. So I never, never felt out of place asking for help if I needed. You, you got know. stared at a lot, though. I, I have a, I think <laughs> the the reason I got stared at a lot. <laughs> two two reasons. Two reasons. Number one, not the tattoos. That's number two. Number one is the big beard. Like no one in Japan. No has one beard. had a. No one in Japan. Had a really? big beard, yeah. People would be staring at you, Brian, like crazy. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah it, we literally. I saw no other. Asian, like no, no other Asians. Because <laughs> we're Asian now. <laughs> no other people, no other, like no Japanese people with beards at all, wow. except for this one, like super creepy homeless guy that was like, "Oh, honey, look, he's got a beard like you." <laughs> and he was like, "No." So, but that was like yeah. the only guy with some like wicked old street man, and then that was it. So I didn't think he was that creepy. I thought he was pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> of course, he did. Did um, they have long hair? Not well. It had Jap- yeah. It was kind of longer hair, yeah. but yeah. And there were some. I mean, some legitimately. There were some dudes. There was a guy, like a super well dressed guy, that was on the train in front of us. And at one point, I was like, I like this guy's style. He has kind of a cool, like 
shirt shoe pants combo thing going on and he had long hair he's clean shaven but he had long hair but it was like twisted up in a little bun at the back so it looked super like slick from the front but in the back, you could tell he was very party in the back. It was just clean. <laughs> not a mullet. Not a mullet. <laughs> not a mullet. That mullet. did not happen. We uh, know those exist, though. Uh, yeah. But yeah, the tattoos was the other thing there. Yeah, and we yeah. were we were really lucky. Again, I think part of it was that we we discussed a few times the sort of American air quotes attitude about um, wanting people in Japan to just like, why don't they just speak English or like not trying to speak the language when you're in a, another country mm-hmm. and how that's perceived to be so American. But both of us really tried, I think, a lot to to learn. I had a little phrase book with me all the time. We both practiced before Almost we came all over. The time. <laughs> yeah, right at the end of the trip, I was like, phrase book. And then we needed it a few yeah. times. And I was like, ah, oh, no. Um, but we really we did. We tried. And I think that kind of works everywhere in the world. As long as you're not if, as long as you're respectful as long as you're not yeah. loud and obnoxious, as long as you try and speak the language and you're respectful of the culture, even if they're at first going to kind of view you like a gi- <laughs> we say giant white people, which we were not that tall. I mean, both of us are at least six feet tall. And there were tall people there. I mean, there were legitimately tall women even. And I was surprised because I'm, you know, I'm a giant person in America. Um, we didn't stick out that much and people weren't. People were, were super nice, so. Yeah, it was great. I mean, seriously, it, there's nothing about the trip that made me say, and I want to come back here. I definitely, <laughs> like, I mean, within hours of leaving, I was already mentally planning the, ne- the next visit. So, yeah. um, let's see. Uh, Christopher asked, how would someone know which hobby shops to go to? That's an excellent question. Um, the first thing I would say is I've been buying toys directly from Japan for quite some time. So the base, your, your base level is to start with Mandarake. They have a ton of shops and they're all around Japan. In, in Tokyo, there's one in Akihabara, there's one in Nakano, there's one in Shibuya, there's one in Ikebukuro. Uh, I think there are even more. That, yeah, were, but, yeah, and, and then they have two in Osaka. There's, I mean, seriously, there's, I mean, I'm not going to say there's one everywhere you go, but that's a great jumping off point. Also, the internet is a great place to research that stuff. I basically said like toy shopping in Japan and came up with that. That's where I found Yamashi nice. Roya, yeah, which, which is, is a store we store. went to like five, five times, times, technically. <laughs> yeah. Went there. I mean, a bunch of times just because the, for a number of reasons, but like, you know, the deal, it was amazing. The deals you can get at some of these places. And that was a new toy store. That was like essentially like a Toys R Us, except not, not so much Toys R Us, but it was amazing. Uh, where else? I mean, the, someone just saying to go to Denden town in Osaka, there's no way I could say, tell you all the places, but I found, I found a, a website that had a pretty good breakdown of some, some places to go to. We went into a lot of shops that we had no idea what the names were. And basically in Nakano Broadway, you just walk around the Nakano Broadway mall, which by the way, super easy to get to. Yeah. You walk out of the train station in the north exit and go straight. It's right there. You just keep going and oh, there's like, they do this thing in Japan where you have these buildings, right? So the buildings will be the same height and there will be shops along this area, but they've covered the, the, uh, where the two buildings don't meet, so the little alleyway, yeah, they've yeah. covered that and turned yeah, so that into stuff it, like t- that in like Vegas, I think too, where they just have like yeah, it's like strip yeah. malls, but there is a roof in between. So hmm. you're, no, I'm sure they, yeah, I'm sure it's yeah. other places too. But basically, they, they, that's this pathway that leads up to the Nakano Broadway Mall. Then you go into the Nakano Broadway Mall, 
look inside the shops if it looks like it's got something in it. That's, you know, check it out. That's basically what I did. You know, I just kind of went around. And if you, uh, you know, it's really important. The thing you were saying about um, trying to learn the language, I would say definitely learn some phrases. How much is this? Can I see this? Not like mm-hmm. I learned, can I see it? But, you know, as long as you're showing the effort, you're not just like, Hey man, how much is this? You know, <laughs> then, uh, you're going to get a good positive reaction from yeah. people. And the two, I think the two most important phrases or the two things we, well, three things we said the most were, which is like, excuse, excuse me, me yeah. which you just, everyone just mutters that as they're bumping into each other walking around. Oh, which like towards the end of the trip for me. And I was just like, all the time. And, um, Daijobu, which is, it's okay. That was yeah. a good. They a, yeah. a lot of Japanese people know okay, and they'll do like thumbs up or they okay signal, and they'll say okay at, at Americans, which was pretty funny. And then, um, yeah, ego galakarimaska. Yeah, which is, do you, speak, do you English? speak English or understand English? Yeah, um, you know. So it's I'm gonna have uh, like I said, I'm gonna do a video about um, you know just helpful tips and tricks stuff that we're not even talking about on this episode. Uh, but I'm also gonna basically post sometime when I get some downtime, uh, write a post for the KaijuCast page, uh, the KaijuCast website that says, here's where we went, exactly where they are with like little links to the to Google Maps. Really, we did a lot of stuff there and it was, it was, I think Exhausting. we, yeah, we, I did. <laughs> I ran her into the ground. <laughs> I think we felt like really super old people because we went to bed at like nine, nine most yeah. nights. But I, I was waking, I was days. waking up between four and 5 a.m. So, yeah. Uh, okay. So, gonna kind of run through some of these a little bit more. Stephen Patrick uh, asked, it was asking if we could stay, if I could stay there to live, would I and why? Uh, and I think I already answered that. Yes, I would, but not permanently. Um, <clears throat> Mike Grant asked if I had the chance to run the course at Mount Midoriyama. You guys know what that is? I, I had to so. look that up. It's the American Ninja course. <laughs> oh, okay. I, I'm a yeah. fat white person. I, I'm not ready for that kind of thing. We had a hard time just walking around yeah. a lot. <laughs> we were every time we were in the train station and there wasn't a set of stairs. We were like, escalators. Yay. Yeah. Oh, That's yeah. how fat and white we are. Yeah. Like, so uh, oh. Eric asked, how did the Japanese respond to an American visiting Japan largely for the sake of kaiju? You know, they responded very well. And in fact, like I, like we were saying, a lot of people like checked out my arm and, you know, a lot of people in the toy stores. So, you know, people on the side of the road, I didn't just stop somebody and go, hey, excuse me, I'm from America. I love Godzilla movies. You know, it was kind of like you had to really be in the same vicinity as someone who also shared that that sort of fascination. So, but when they found out, like there were the specifically when we were in Osaka, uh, we were in Mandarake, <laughs> and I asked, you know, I saw something I was interested in, and I asked someone to help me get it, and uh, and he saw my arm, and he started speaking to me in English, and I started speaking to him in Japanese, and it was just kind of very serendipitously. <laughs> You know, like was, I had made a, yeah. a fast friend, you know, yeah, and like yeah, yeah. he was your buddy. He showed me pictures of his of his house, his collection of like bull marks and stuff like that. Awesome. I whipped out my smartphone, showed him pictures of my X plus collection. There was a lot of nerd love. going it, around. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It was it was great. I mean, seriously, I think that uh, I honestly believe that the people that you're going to interact with when you go to Japan and you're looking for kaiju stuff they're going to be fascinated at your fascination and they're going to be interested in 
in talking with you about it. Yeah. Um, Rick says, <laughs> were the rooms we stayed in smaller? And what was the weirdest meal we had? How's the beer over there in comparison to North American beer? <laughs> That's a big, long-loaded question, so I'm going to have to answer some of that very quickly. The room we stayed in was smaller than any any hotel that I've stayed in in America. However, we knew that going in that the Sakura Hotel in Ikebukuro, which is a, a discount hotel, great place to stay if you're going to be running around Tokyo all day and you just need a place to sleep. That hotel is one step above a uh, hotel no no a hostel that's oh. what i was going to say but yes a a it, it was it was a uh, pretty small <laughs> basically the room was about eight feet wide and like 15 feet deep with a you know big area for the for the uh for the bathroom but you got a, you got your own bathroom so yeah. uh, and we fit pretty well i mean the bed they said it was a double bed and again as we've said we are six foot tall plus fat white people and we fit just fine we slept well the uh toilet's which we could do an entire show on, um, <laughs> were amazing but small. Uh, and the shower, surprisingly, because they have those sunken tubs, was not really an issue. Like, yeah. I, I showered in it comfortably, as did you, I yep. believe. Yep. And it was it was fine. I felt like for the price, certainly it was not luxurious, but it was a place to sleep that was clean and safe and fun. Yeah. A lot of things TV. in Japan are smaller, not just because the people, not because the people, excuse me, but just because everything is so tight quarters there, you know, like yeah. our friend's house, they had a three story house, but maybe the entire thing was 20 feet by yeah. 20 feet or something like that. And I each, mean, each floor had like two or three rooms. Yeah. But and, and like the Small. stairs were tight. Yeah. yeah. I was very afraid that uh, the lady was going to slip and fall or something like that. It would just be like. (laughs) (laughs) This is a fair, fair assessment because I am a huge spaz. So uh, he also asked what was the weirdest meal I had. Weirdest meal was okonomiyaki. I mean, that's it's called the Osaka pancake. I don't think it's that weird, but it's not that weird. But like I I will also admit, in, in addition to being a huge breakfast guy, like I've never been a massive fan of Japanese food. At, you know, at large, like so udon, yakitoba, regular soba, like I'll eat it. That's fine. But, you know, I've just never been a huge fan of it. So Other than sushi, which you do. Yeah, like. sushi. But sushi has been so Americanized. Like we were we were going to sushi places before we left. And I was like, they're not going to have the Vegas roll in Japan. They're not going to, you know, yeah. <laughs> all these things with cream cheese. Yeah. And they didn't. No. I didn't, at least in Genki sushi. There was mayonnaise on a lot of stuff. The Izakaya, the Izakaya place that we went to had some interesting selections. Yeah, we actually got really lucky that a couple times we got taken out to eat. Um, people just kind of ordered food for us. And we were like, well, we'll just shove this in our mouths. And we we enjoyed a lot of food. And, and I don't even know what some of it was. Uh, yeah. There was a crazy, was it a Daikon Tower that they ordered you at that Izakaya place? That yeah, like, Daikon Radish. It was, it was so like bizarre huge. looking. And you had to like kind of cut it down. There was a bunch of other vegetables and it was, that was kind of strange. The Okonomiyaki, I didn't get the same thing that you got. I got yeah. kind of like a flat pizza-y kind of thing. Um, but the coolest thing to me, even though it's weird about the Okonomiyaki is it has these fish flakes on the top that because they put it on a big like grill in front of you, um, dance <laughs> so that all the fish flakes are moving. And it sort of like, and I forget, I think Chelsea said something. To it the looks like the like, top of Leatherback's head where it's like all yeah, the tendrils are going. Oh but sh- it's short and like kind yeah. of like 
pale taupey colored and they just kind of wiggle and you're staring at it going i'm gonna eat that in a minute and it looks like it's alive but uh yeah she said something to do with like the dancing is the freshness or something like it's yeah, like, yeah it shows that it's fresh it. yeah yeah, yeah. If it's uh, not dancing it's bad and then his his last question about the beer uh <laughs> so uh eric i'm not or sorry rick i'm not exactly sure where you live but we're from portland <laughs> and i'm a total beer snob so like my favorite beer here is is a pale ale and you know i love the ambers and uh reds but uh so japan basically has beer beer it's like <laughs> that's why i'm laughing beer it's like you know there's nothing really special about it but the funny thing about it is Kirin and Sapporo and Asahi, right? Those are like the big ones you find everywhere. Um, but the thing that I find funny is that our friend Chelsea, who went and lived in uh, lived in Oregon, in Japan, she says the Japanese people say that we drink crappy beer here because they they associate American beer with like Budweiser, Miller Lite, uh, yeah. So and we, when she told us that, we were like. What? That's hilarious because your beer is not good. And, yeah. <laughs> but that again, that's us coming from Portland when we're yeah. so spoiled by beer and like yeah. how many amazing different kinds. And you, there are imports. Like I saw Guinness a lot and things like that where you could actually go and get something else. But if you go into like a 7-Eleven or something like that, which there are tons of them, they're amazing. So you should go to them if you were in Japan because um, they're not like 7-Elevens in America. They have really cool stuff and good food, actually good food. And some creepy stuff that looks like mop water with eggs. Yeah, <laughs> Stuart's, we did not. We, try we that. hung out with Stuart Galbraith, and he said like one of the things that bugs him is uh, is you go to a Seven Eleven and they have that's a bat. square container that's just basically got like partitions in it with like this like it looks like this is quoting him looks like dirty water and it's got stuff soaking in it like oh. eggs and tofu and some meat stuff so, and yeah he's like and there's like a like, certain number the that bugs he's like three for four dollars or something and then you just like point at it and they pick it and put it in a little thing for you and yeah you take it. But, <laughs> but yeah if you go they have tons of different kinds of drinks and a lot of american style stuff um and a lot of different beers and, and some imports and stuff and a lot of food um i would say it's not a lot of beer though the beer was basically like the well, three different kinds yeah. and two different there was sizes a lot so of it yeah. it was just all the same thing yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, let's see. And then Dell asked if Lady Kyle and I rented a, a room in a love hotel. We talked about <laughs> it. Oh, wow. We did uh, talk about it. We talked about it we because saw it's, a bunch. it's an, it's an, it is something that I kind of would like to do just for the fun of it, you know, yeah. but we did not. No. We already had our hotel booked and <laughs> we are staying for some, some place for free in, in Osaka. So in my head, I kept going, I'm not going to like justify the price of this because if we go into one of these, that's like a Godzilla toy he could buy. <laughs> and we could just do what we would do in one of those. We'll save up for room. next time, baby. Yeah. 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 We, did, we did jokingly say we go back with Tiger. We'll send him off to like some big gaming place because there's tons of those around too. Another show again about the crazy video game arcades all over. Um, and we'll go get a love hotel while he's playing video games. Yeah. Yeah, we will. Okay, so, uh, and then the last question we have for uh, for the li- from the listeners is: Did 
did it, did we feel did I feel slighted by how much more they appreciate Ultraman than the big G? And no, of course not. Ultraman's been going on for so much longer. It still is. And still is, yeah. So I, I've heard Ultraman compared to Mickey Mouse in terms of cultural uh iconography for Japan. So they love Mickey Mouse like crazy dude, there too. Japan yeah. but Japan loves and Michael Jackson. Japan loves a cultural icon. Right. You yeah. know what I mean? They'll turn things into icons. Basically, uh, and mascots. Yeah, mascots. Yeah, they'll basically they've taken something like a kappa, right? Yeah. If you know the history of a kappa, a kappa is a water demon that will supposedly grab you and suck out your ass, basically, like literally. <laughs> to your try intestines and, through your butt. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like so, for trying gets your like soul pearl or something like that. I don't remember what the deal is, but basically. <laughs> The kappa disturbing in in is. historical context is a terrible thing. You know, it's a yeah. you know, it's a it's a it's a warning. Like, it's oh, a don't don't go near yeah. that. Yeah, it's a it's a monster, but it's like oh, it's a warning. Don't go near that. So they've taken this thing that's got the horrible meaning and the horrible you know death, you know, based on what its its historical features are. And they made it look and like Hello Kitty. They've turned it into it's a Hello so Kitty. Cute. Yeah, it's like it's a cute thing. It's a mascot now. So. Yeah. That's what they do in Japan. So they've done that with all sorts of things. So Ultraman and like we saw so many adorable pigmons when we were over there. It's just awesome. It's ridiculous. That's like actually going not in a bad way. Ridiculous. So yeah, uh, the shop machine when we went there, uh, that the same cinema did those um, Sadako movies, like the ring, yeah, yeah, like the, the ring creepy movies, girl with yeah. the hair mm-hmm. things that I don't generally think are all that scary because I'm warped. But um, they had. Speaking of making horrible things adorable, Sadako Hello Kitty. So it was Hello Kitty <laughs> with the hair like over her face oh and like awesome. little stuffed keychains and things. It's in my bag downstairs. Okay, I actually bought a Sadako Hello Kitty because I thought it was so Great. funny. Oh, cool. And I was like, this, this is what they do. <laughs> they take something awful and they make it adorable. And that is why I love Japan because those are my favorite things. is horrible, horrible things and really adorable kittens so that's yeah i was very happy about that <laughs> yeah but they did, i mean even like all this every city has its own mascot adorable like chibi yeah. cute thing and uh yeah there's a lot of that a yeah lot of that so i mean it's i don't really i don't feel slighted at all and i i i, I embrace ultraman you know sure i love he's, godzilla more he's right way way more yeah i got a ton of ultraman stuff when i was over there i mean i got one, two, I could, I think of at least six things that I bought that were Ultraman. Actually, even more if I continue thinking about it. But yeah. yeah, it's just, that's what it is. That's what they have there. And that's what I'm fine with it. That's, you know, it's cool. I yeah. like it. I think it's rad that they have so much stuff there. And I think it's awesome that, that they continue to make new things, whether it's Godzilla stuff yeah. or Ultraman stuff. They're, Godzilla's not dead by any means. Ultraman's not obviously not dead by any means. So he's in happy sets. Yeah, (laughs) he's everywhere. He's in happy sets. (laughs) Yeah. So the uh, just real quick, I did want to say the the happy sets. Happy sets are happy meals. Did we say that already? That's why I said it. I was bringing it back, man. Way to bring it back. (laughs) Thanks. I ruined it. Yep. Once another thing ruined. No, no one should begrudge Ultraman's popularity over Godzilla's. No, Embrace no. it all. Embrace, Embrace it, all. it all. Yeah. Did you guys have any Love questions before we close out the show? We should. I feel Brian's burning on the inside. <laughs> <laughs> well, how, how much, uh, you were talking about the architecture earlier. How much, is there anything that's accessible, uh, 
uh, for tourists, that's from maybe like the feudal era. Is there anything around like that still? Shrines are yeah. the Shrines. only things I could even say. But like, if you think about it, Tokyo is modern. Like yes. this, oh, just yeah, modern. Yeah, 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 yeah. So. Uh, if you want to find old school stuff, I, you have to go outside of Tokyo. Yeah. Unless you find something that somehow has been around. You know, a lot of times they've actually built around old things. sites, yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. There's a, there is a Kappa shrine in Asakusa, which we did not go to, but I wanted to. And that's one of those things. Like there's like this shrine in the middle of this downtown like area where you buy restaurant uh items yeah they did say too and when we were in kyoto with stewart he was talking about how um there's a lot of that attitude which i kind of assumed was more of an american attitude about tearing down old things and making new things but it's pretty prevalent in japan and even like older homes where he was saying oh yeah they were kind of cheaply made they just knock them down and people the land is what's valuable yeah and the homes aren't and they just destroy these old homes and build new things and when he was telling us this both of us our faces just kind of sunk we're like that's so sad but yeah i mean that's that attitude is kind of everywhere so there's i mean there's a lot of stuff and i think again the farther you get out of tokyo and major cities the more you're going to see cool stuff like that like even when we were on the bullet train um all the like rice patties and cool buildings that would go by and all the old style rooftops and stuff and we Literally for like an hour or two, we were just on the train drinking our beers and looking out the window and enjoying ourselves. So it was great. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I, that's why I say like I would have no problem venturing out into the, you know, yeah. the rural areas of Japan and just checking it out. Yeah. Experience everything. Walking around. I mean, I, I am, I am fascinated by Japanese, uh, architecture, fascinated by Japanese historical things and just, yeah. Seeing a rice paddy, walking through a rice paddy, you know, down the path or, or finding, you know, you know, one thing we did not do in Japan that I'm in hindsight was a little weird, a little bit weird, but we have a Japanese uh, garden here. We have a Japanese Mm -hmm. garden in Portland, which is great. The Japanese garden here, but we didn't go to a, a legitimate garden in Japan. There were a couple on the list, but we just kind of never made it. Yeah, I think we had, we had so much planned. But it really just sunk down on the list again, which is unfortunate. Yeah. We'll force Tiger to go to those. Yeah. I think he would like that, though. Yeah, you he know, probably would. He'd be down. So I'm dying to ask about the cat cafes. <laughs> 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 Something none of the listeners really care so, about. Yeah. I, some of they, you out there. No, that's, that can't be true. Can, There's yeah, got to be sure listeners. Yeah. Some of you. Okay. So the cat cafe, my wonderful boyfriend, who you all know and love, uh, is a generous soul and puts up with my my um love of cats we don't have any cats so i'm a crazy cat lady without cats and um when i had heard previously about cat cafes or nyan cafes in japan i lost my mind a little bit and really wanted to go to one so we looked some up and found one in odaiba which ended up being very fortunate for us because we found so many other cool things later after we went there but you pay money um, I don't even remember how much it was. It was like $15 or something. It was not really cheap. Yeah, it was not cheap. No. <laughs> worth it. Yeah. I told my dad today, I was like, he, my dad was like, man, I don't think I'd be into that. I was like, yeah, that was my sacrifice. I took her to Godzilla statues. <laughs> and he had to sit yeah. in the cat cafe for me. So yeah, so you pay your whatever money. And I think they probably all have different prices depending on 
how many cats they have or whatever. I don't know. I don't know what the cat to admission ratio is in these places. <laughs> but uh, you go in and they give you a drink. So you get like a tea or a coffee or something like that, which comes with the price of whatever your admission. And uh, you walk in and there's just like initially walked in. I was like, oh, it's just kind of this one small quaint room with little like cat cages. And it kind of smells like cat pee. That's a little gross, but part for the course. Mm-hmm. And so we went to sit down and then I was walking around a little more and i was like oh there's more rooms oh there's more rooms there's so many rooms and i got really excited to get walking around and there were so many different kinds of cats and uh most of them were sleeping which kyle thought was weird but i was like they're cats (laughs) that's what they do um and some of them weren't i mean some of them were walking around there was an escape artist kitty like a big kind of maine coon brown stripey kitty nice. um, that tried to jump out of the door when we walked in <laughs> and we were like oh no there's signs that were like do not let a cat escape and we were like crap we messed up already <laughs> so uh yeah we thought we might get in trouble and then there were some cats in um little rooms with behind glass and stuff so i guess they like have shifts i don't know how that works they have to punch a card or what but they had some, cats, some cats are on their break yeah they were on break so they were just sleeping <laughs> tell me they wear uniforms when they're on oh shift. my gosh i wish no i hey, think well, those cats were like they were in undressed. solitary confinement yeah. they were they oh. were the bad cats maybe oh. i don't know but some of them were like in cages and then some of them were behind these glasses so one of the ones i have a scottish fold weakness which they're very popular oh. in japan and i've never seen one in the u.s so I saw there was one named Carib that was there. And I, they had like little um, pictures on a wall of all the cats and their names and stuff and w- what kind awesome. of cats they are, like little mugshots, little kitty mugshots. And, um, and I was like, where is that one? And he was behind <laughs> glass. And I was so heartbroken. And I literally stood at the glass like, why can't I love you? <laughs> <laughs> trying to get it and kyle's just like online in the other room with a cat like smelling his bags like oh my god Annoyed. why am i doing this i love her so much it was amazing and i am pu- so glad that this is the listener's introduction to you <laughs> finding out what kind of crazy cat lady i'm dating it's true did you put your hand up against the glass for I that totally cat to put did. his paw up like he didn't know he was sleeping it was so sad because i feel like had he been awake and he looked at me it would have been like a beautiful a moment. Yeah, but he wasn't. He was curled up and turning turned the other way. Are there any kittens there or is it there all were, adult cats? There were some smaller cats, so there are no kitten kittens. Um, there was one kitten. Actually, my Facebook profile picture <laughs> right now uh, is a picture of this little tiny gray and black striped kitty kissing me on the face oh. because he was like super, super affectionate. He was sitting on a little pillow in the middle of the table and I was like, Hey, buddy, and sat down and was patting him. And then he was like, Oh, hello, and got up and was like rubbing on me and purring and loving me. And I was like, This is a magical place. I was so happy. And Kyle, of course, mostly just sat there. Although there were, there were a few cats near him. And then one at the end that was like super interested in your shop machine bags, I think. Yeah. yeah. And was like totally trying to get in the bag and was like licking the bag. And we were like, What is with this cat? <laughs> so yeah, it was pretty magical. I feel like anybody who likes kitties should go. Um, if your boyfriend is a good human being <laughs> and loves you very much, he'll probably deal with it. Um, <laughs> how did they, are they open regular like daytime hours? I think or so. Hopefully, I, I would imagine twenty four hours would be the best. That would be course. too much for the cats, though. They don't think they could handle it. But if That's they're true. working in shifts, well, you never well, know. Well, that may be. If they're yeah. anything like our cat Margot, 
Margot wants constant attention, that's true. even these, when you're sleeping. These cats so, have so much. I mean, there weren't maybe. a ton of them that like followed you around or anything, yeah. and they were pretty chill. Kyle had a theory that they were all drugged, so they just <laughs> laid there, oh, and it was no. really warm in there too. So he was like, if they turn the heat down, then the cats would wake up, and then they'd want to go to people for warmth. And I was like, maybe you should run a cat cafe, dude, because you seem to have some great ideas. A 24-hour cat cafe. Yeah. we can open one here. I think I know Call some Catzilla. workers right in front of me that would <laughs> right. totally yeah, make yeah. that a thing happen. <laughs> do it but yeah it was you guys would have to work in shifts so that you could be like with the cats cats working with the cats working (laughs) it was pretty great and the the entrance to that specific the reason we actually went there was i found it online and the entrance again my facebook cover photo (laughs) is me standing in the entrance because it's a giant pink cat yawning (laughs) so you're actually standing when you walk in you walk in it's giant open mouth and i was just like oh we have to go there (laughs) so we did you did. So, yeah. Great. So I will I will just say the reaction I had to the cat cafe and my squealing excitement was that of what happened with Kyle when we went to the first Mandarake. So it was pretty it was it was similar. I think Mandarake the, is my cat cafe. It is. It <laughs> totally sure. was. And I think the only other time uh that it was comparable for me, we did go to Tokyo Disney, which was fabulous as well. Different enough for those of you that have been to Disneyland. I have not been to Disney World, but Disneyland that it was like, oh, it's so familiar, but yet weird Um, that I was actually bouncing up and down in the morning the day that we went for that. too. So, <laughs> so I nice. must ask at Tokyo Disney, um, <laughs> did they have when everybody Godzilla <laughs> listeners are not listening anymore. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Did, I, I, I've been to Disneyland um, several times as a kid and they had they would always have, you know, all their um Food items would be Mickey Mouse themed and whatnot. Um, so did they have weird Japanese Mickey Mouse themed food? Some. Mickey there... Mouse sushi? Oh, I no, wish. No. There was bao though. Okay. They did have some bao and like a zuki, and oh, okay. they had, and there was an azuki bean bao that was a Mickey Mouse head, which we didn't get, and I was a little sad. Oh. That was in Tomorrowland. Oh, okay. When you let me go do the car driving thing and you were yeah. like, I'm just going to sit here. I almost went and bought you one because I saw them. I was like, that's ah, Mickey Mouse's head. Um, Nice. Their churros were Mickey Mouse head shaped. Okay. And Sweet. they had When you're so when you're looking down the barrel of the churro, it's <laughs> it sound like a gun. When you get shot with I don't a know how to face. describe it. <laughs> barrel of a churro. <laughs> Imagine that you're trying to shoot somebody with your churro. What kind of powerful churro. Then you're going to be like, "Oh wow, it looks like Mickey delicious. Mouse." Yeah, they do. And yeah. and they're flavored. They have all sorts of different which I don't remember in Disneyland proper. Uh I think that was just because just... of Halloween though. Maybe, um, but the they churros. had like strawberry and chocolate and a bunch of other ones. Oh yeah, they did. Yeah. And then they had popcorn everywhere, which I also don't totally remember from regular Disneyland, which Kyle was thrilled with because he's a big uh, caramel corn, kettle corn man. Mm. Um, so they had a lot of flavors and they had weird flavors and they had, nice. um, the first one we saw was soy sauce and butter, which oh. we did not get. It smelled a little weird. We didn't weird. get that one. Yeah, um, there was. That. Honey, that was the first one you got, and it delicious, was delicious. Yeah. Delicious. There was honey. a caramel corn one, which you got and you liked. There was a curry corn, which smelled really good, and we actually didn't get that one. And Kyle mm. is still kicking himself a little yeah. for not yeah. getting that one. I do wish I had that curry. Yeah. Curry popcorn great. sounds good. Yeah. It sounds good right now, actually. Yeah, and each <laughs> little cart had its own like collectible souvenir popcorn carton, like plastic container that you can put the popcorn in. And depending on what land you were in, they were different. So like. Toontown had like a Chippendale one, so it was like a big acorn, and then there was a a stacked pink and orange Mickey like pumpkin head one for Halloween, and but they all had straps on them, 
so you could wear it like around your neck or your shoulder. How cool! I don't. It was that's very awesome. strange. But to buy, <laughs> that was the inner fat kid in me, right? <laughs> I want to strap. I was it like, my neck. it's almost like you could just reach down <laughs> and just eat it without even using your hands. Yeah, the popcorn amazing. feed bag, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which we didn't get one of those only because. Unlike regular Disneyland, the food is completely affordable. And oh. those churros were like three, four bucks. The popcorn. Really? The popcorn was three bucks. Three dollars. I don't know for how regular much popcorn. churros weren't that much more. No, it was around or the same. that much. Less, yeah, yeah. less than five. I know that. And we even got two churros and like a chocolate dip thing for our churros at, in Tomorrowland at one point. And I think the total was like less than ten dollars. Yeah, definitely. So it was completely totally, affordable. Yeah, and I like I got a bottle of water, and I was like, oh god, here comes the big old like firstborn child for a bottle of water at Disneyland, and it was two dollars. Wow, which is like That's awesome, comparable to buying it anywhere in America. Yeah. So it was that part was nice, and it was less money. I think it was like sixty bucks for the one park. Yeah, yeah. For the day, which is again Six, like, totally oh. reasonable. Six thousand yeah, two hundred really yen. Yeah. So essentially like essentially like sixty two bucks yeah, to nice. get into Disney. And you can take the train the train there and then you just walk down this cool path and go all the way up. So it's really super convenient and nice. Totally. Now uh you know, at regular Disneyland you have all the Disney princesses. They did. They so were there. were did they still have the Disney princesses they walking were there. around? Yes. Uh, but were they all Japanese yes. women? That's kind of cool. It was very cool. That's cool. And I'm not even, you know, a big princess fan, yeah. but I think it'd be neat to see a I bunch think of Japanese women d- dressed as the Cinderella. First, the first one we saw was Cinderella. Yeah. <laughs> Weirdly enough. There and there go. were a bunch of people lined up to go um, talk to her, and it was a bunch of dudes, and she looked like really uncomfortable, and I kind of <laughs> felt bad for her. I was like, oh. oh. But um, yeah, they actually, the only really weird thing, other than like the slight differences between some stuff, is that uh, Tokyo Disney has its own mascot that's a teddy bear. Oh, and I was like, what? And I don't remember its name, but I saw a bunch of people with a teddy bear. I was like, why are there people with teddy bears in Japan? That's at Japan at Disneyland. This is strange. Um, and then I, yeah, I found out later that it actually was the mascot for Tokyo Disney specifically. Disneyland doesn't need a mascot. I, it has one. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's Mickey, Mickey Mouse. Mouse. It has like eight yeah. of them, right? Yeah. 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 So many. We need um, another character. You know, how about a teddy bear? Uh, yeah, they have like Japanese gardens in Disneyland. You know how Disneyland has really, at least I remember some really pretty garden areas where they have, you know, the flowers in the shape of Mickey totally Mouse didn't. and stuff. Anything like no. that? No, I didn't see that. No, no they really didn't. No? I didn't see that. They, uh, it was, it was more just like pavement and the things. Yeah. Like, and I don't know if that's because it's sort of in the middle of a city and not like out yeah. in an orange grove. Like right. it just wasn't yeah. a thing that you could do. Um, but yeah, they didn't really. It was it was seemed slightly more compact and like. Plus, were, you get off the train and like you there. literally get off the train mm-hmm. and walk a hundred yards, minutes, yeah. and you're there. Oh, like wow. you're at the yeah. gates. So there's mm-hmm. not that big sort of like monorail system that yeah. takes you through the, the topiary area. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, the pomp and circumstance <laughs> of Disney. <laughs> yeah, it was not there. But they had a, uh, and I think the, honestly the best thing there were weird things like. The haunted mansion didn't look like the American haunted mansion. Looked mm-hmm. totally different. Um, and was not in New Orleans Square, which was really weird. It was like across from the Dumbo rides. I was like, this isn't right. Like in my head, I'm like, <laughs> um, and then of course, most, I would say probably 80 to 90% of the, um, animatronics and stuff were speaking in Japanese. Oh. So as my childhood memory of, you know, of Disney was, I kind of remembered what a lot of them were saying, 
but <laughs> they were like the owl in Splash Mountain and like the little Jolly Roger when you go down that first dip yeah, in yeah. in uh, Pirates of the Caribbean speaking to you in Japanese and we we're like, That's this cool. is so weird. So we like had our iPhones out like recording stuff the whole way and because it was uh, Halloween. Yeah. The Haunted Mansion had Jack, uh, Nightmare for Christmas stuff. So there's oh, Jack awesome. Skeleton everywhere. But Jack Skeleton speaking in Japanese. And so you're like, ah. cool. yeah. So that part That's was pretty cool. fun. Now, was there any Godzilla in Disneyland? No. Okay. Just in Kyle's heart. Ultraman? No, no. no. Just checking. I it was, you can't it was cross. just, no, there was, there was no cross pollination. <laughs> but, no. you know, they you were not crossing the streams. Ask. They were. No. It was just Disney stuff there. Yeah. yeah. And a lot of people in costumes, but it could only be Disney costumes yeah. as well. Right? Like, so, like, yeah. It's because it was Halloween. Yeah. It was actually really, yeah. really cool. I, I, I'm not a big Disney person. You know, I've never been a big Disney person. I, sure, I like the movies and stuff. Uh, but, uh, you know, I've been to Disney World. I've never been to Disneyland. And I was not. I wasn't dreading going, but you know, it's not, it's not really my thing. So it was really impressive though. It rained, which kind of sucked, but it was, <laughs> it made it more memorable to me. And like, I, the, a uh, I actually really enjoyed the Japanese aspect of it. Like yeah, I, yeah. I was thrilled that, uh, that the owl and splash, the owl animatronic when you're in line at Splash Mountain was just completely speaking in Japanese. It was yeah, awesome. awesome. Other than Splash Mountain, which was just, Splash Mountain. Mountain. <laughs> <laughs> it was yeah. pretty great. We were we were happy. I think as as time went on, I of course was like super super thrilled in the morning and jumping up and down like a crazy person. And then as the day wore on, I think he got more excited via my excitement. And then the more like Japanese it was, he was like, "This is really cool." And like once we got to Toontown, he was like, "This place is rad." And so it got. <laughs> He got more excited. Well, it was the, the Nightmare Before Christmas Haunted Mansion. Yeah, that That's really what really got me. Because yeah. I really do love Nightmare Before Christmas. So, yeah. Anyway, do you guys have any other questions? Is there any zoos in Japan? Yes, or, there is well, a zoo. I there's imagine, a zoo, of course, there's zoes. There's a zoo in Kaiju Tokyo. Zoos. Yeah, they don't have... Kaiju zoos, you know, where you <laughs> can You can go Godzilla. see Red King. And, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. Oh, if they really put people in those costumes in a zoo scenario, I totally would go. Uh, like, yeah. <laughs> Ultra zoo. Ultra zoo. Holy crap. Yeah. They can, can I even get create... a picture with Pigmon, please? <laughs> <laughs> they could create some sort of fiction like we've well, you know the there was a down. You know there was an Ultra Land that just closed this oh, year, right? Uh, yeah, I yeah. do know. Rest Let's in peace. Rest it. in peace. Let's Let's it's painful it. for Rachel. Please yeah. stop. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> but yeah, there. Yeah, there's there's a zoo in Wayno Park, but we didn't go to that. Yeah, it supposedly is very how good. Different it would be. We did go to. Uh, speaking of animals, we did go to an area of, outside of Osaka called Nara, where they have this big giant Buddha, and they had uh, these deer in the park that have essentially been domesticated enough so that they know that humans will feed them and uh and they've also been domesticated enough so that when you give them a cookie or a cracker or acorns or, acorn. or whatever they will bow they bow oh, after whoa. it is awesome. adorable yeah <laughs> and and great. also slightly dangerous yeah so <laughs> there's a i took a picture <laughs> of the sign that said like the, the deer bite and they will kick and, and they, they will butt yeah. you yeah, yeah, yeah. you yeah. yeah we actually we did go there again that was that was another thing that was more for me than than kyle but i was just like how would i see that deer about the deer and feed the deer and so we went and um initially we saw some people some japanese people that were in the park um that were picking acorns off a tree we we're like oh it's a freeway to feed the deer that's a good idea and we didn't bring any snacks 
because <clears throat> I didn't, you know, bring Pocky for the deer or anything. That probably wouldn't have been a good idea. Um, so we grabbed some acorns and we went over. And initially, we asked a lady and she's like, oh, no, they're all sleeping. And we that was weird. It was really weird. That was and really we, weird. She said they were all asleep. That was totally we, not true. We turned around and Kyle's like, "That lady's a liar." There's one I right can there. See the deer, like out, like yeah. I can see them. They're yeah. way that way. So yeah, we walked over to to the thing. We fed a few, and some of them were a little like sketchy looking, and some of them were like tiny, cute baby deer. And so you could buy a pack, a little like paper wrapped pack of deer cookies for like a dollar fifty. I keep saying it all in American prices, which is weird because I'm still switching it in my head a little. Um, but you could, they're like little, <laughs> look like little cardboard discs. And, um, those deer see that you've got that and they are your <laughs> best freaking friends. Nice. And they are following you everywhere. And certain ones are way more aggressive than others. Like the little baby ones are sort of like, I'm really cute and I would like a cookie. And the big ones are like, no, and hitting them with their heads. And like, <laughs> get it. Yeah. It was, it got a little aggressive. I'll show you the video when we're There's, done yeah. here. Yeah. Sorry, sorry, <laughs> listeners, you don't get the video because I look really <laughs> stupid and I'm squealing a bunch. And then I get bit at the end. Oh no. Towards the end, a deer like nipped me in the side and like, when we walked away, there was like deer drool on my dress. <laughs> so yeah, it was a little, it got at the end. There was, a, I saw a woman in the beginning who was like, ah, and like threw stuff and went, I was like, that lady's stupid. And by the end of my experience with that, I was like, take the thing and running away. <laughs> so it does get a little overwhelming, yeah. but that was, it was a very cool experience because there were these like wild animals just walking around and you could just walk up to them and like pet them and. It was very cool. That whole area was really beautiful. We actually didn't see the giant Buddha. We didn't know where it was exactly. Yeah. But we did see a, a really cool temple where they used to house the ice for the capital. Yeah. And of course, oh, I get thinking so of the Hunger cool. Games because I'm a weirdo. And I was like, ooh, the ice for the... Okay, no. Um, But they had ice blocks all lining the walkway up to the temple with like tea lights in them. Yeah, they'd been cored oh, out. So they had it tea, was tea like candles on them. magical looking. It was yeah. very, very cool. So that whole area was very nice. Yeah. And actually, if you if we had gone, I'm assuming in the summertime, which not I wouldn't want to do that. Japan's hot. Yeah. Uh, but uh, the, I guess the deer's antlers have you know we saw basically none of the deer we saw had antlers because I guess they'd they come off yeah. nubbies. Yeah. But yeah, it was good. I mean, we it was a good, it was a great place to go. Nara, very easy to get to if you're in Osaka. Yeah. Very very easy. And the buses, well, again are intimidating because you don't know where you're going uh there are buses that go to and fro the park yeah um and we found actually walking two places and just kind of biting the walking bullet first all of the ones say the station name on them so getting back is super super easy but going to where you're going if you don't know is a little intimidating so do the walking first and then when you're tired go oh blah 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 station great and just get on the bus and be prepared to stand because the seats are so small yeah, I don't think I got to sit on a bus ever. <laughs> yeah. And the next podcast, why we're too big for Japan. Yeah. Part one. <laughs> yeah. I don't think I'll inundate people with that. No, you really don't need to. So uh, I think it's time to close out the show. If you want to send in your homework for Matango, a.k.a. Attack of the Mushroom People, make sure you send that in by November 23rd. Uh also, we recently recorded our first drunken commentary that went online right before we left for Japan. It's for the 
1998 Godzilla movie. <laughs> uh, it was fun. It was a lot of fun, and I've, <laughs> we've gotten some good response for it. So it looks like we'll be doing it again sometime with another terrible movie. Uh, actually, you know what? I'd be very interested in hearing uh, hearing some suggestions from the listeners as to what movie we should tackle our next real legitimate commentary for. Uh, is it Godzilla versus Gigan? Keep in mind, we don't want to do something that's already been done. You know, don't want to step on the toes of another commentator uh so to speak especially the ones that have been actually released uh and then you know so there's you know there's news but it's not really that important the diamond releases of the x plus figures came out finally godzilla is right up here above us uh they look just as good as the japanese uh counterparts so i would not hesitate to buy them if i were uh in your shoes so uh having said that let's go ahead and shut it all down if you found the kaiju cast through itunes or some other podcast directory make sure you point your web browser to kaijucast.com where we have a list of every single episode you can download them all individually from there i know we don't have them all on itunes anymore that's because of uh server load issues unfortunately so we have the full list of Daikaiju discussion movies on there, as well as the months that we'll be covering them. Uh, some, of course, articles that we've written have been uh, posted on the KaijuCast page. You can find a list on the right-hand side of all of our social media networkings. There's Facebook, Tumblr, Twitter, Instagram, links to the YouTube channel. Be on the lookout for the YouTube channel uh, in the coming weeks because I shot some stuff in Japan that's not destined for the Facebook page that is going to be posted on the YouTube channel as soon as I edit it together. That includes an X-plus interview. That includes some random stuff around Japan, uh, like the shop Maijin, the gift shop at Katakawa. Uh, that stuff will all go on the YouTube channel. We've also got links to our friends' websites as well, not to mention we are on Stitcher. So if you don't have an iPhone or some other kind of podcatcher that you use for your mobile device, uh, you can use Stitcher to listen to the Kaiju Cast. And if you don't like Stitcher for some reason or another, we're on the Mediocre Radio Network, which is pretty cool. And uh, they're a bunch of great guys. So check out MediocreRadioNetwork.com or just click on the icon on the right-hand side of the uh, Kaiju Cast page. So until the next episode, I think we are going to close the show out with the SY3 March from Destroy All Monsters. But this time it's sang by the Bukimisha, Weird Secret Society. Time to say goodbye, guys. Jamata.
Oh, 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 oh,